Hello there. Oh, hello, Mr. Blenton. Hello there. How Hi, are you going? Nathan. <laughs> I'm very well, thank you. And uh, hello to our audience and welcome hello. to Classic Movie Banter. Woo! That podcast? It's that podcast, woo, where this guy, Brenton, and that guy, Nathan, we talk hello. about movies that are 20 years, 20 years or older, which makes them classics. Yes. And we tell you whether these classics are still worth your time or whether they're worth uh, throwing uh, those DVDs into the rubbish tip of uh, of a Imperial Star Destroyer and then, yes. like, letting that Imperial Star Destroyer's rubbish just, like, you know, be sent out into space along with the Millennium Falcon to be chased by Slave One and then those DVDs are then frozen in carbonite and sent to Jabba the Hutt. What a colourful death. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, those <laughs> movies, they're not coming back from that unless Leia gets in there with a thermal detonator, but we're not here to talk about that movie. Oh, jeez, you can see, you can see Brenton's in a nerd coming out. Look at him making all these Star Wars We're not Wars here to talk references. about num- number six or number three. No. As some people call it. Uh, we're here to talk about Star Wars and The Empire Strikes Back. Yes, because, you know, it's a very exciting month, Brenton. We're only a couple of weeks away from uh, The Rise of Skywalker, Star Wars Episode Nine, Brenton. You and I, we couldn't be more hype. We're fucking bouncing in our chairs, giddy, wearing our Star Wars merchandise, aren't you? It's amazing you've come in full Stormtrooper outfit today, mate. Like, well done. Thank you, thank you. Have you actually worn a Star Wars costume to parties or anything like that before? I've worn, yes, I have. I oh, have. who have you gone as? Uh, I've gone as uh, Nameless Jedi number 43. Oh, um, iconic. He's, he's pretty cool. He kind of looks like me, so, you know, why not? <laughs> I can see that. Did I ever tell you I went to a 21st as Jar Jar Binks? Uh, you're fine. No, you didn't tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> this, is like, this is like two years ago. It was like a space theme party. And I went to like the costume store and like they had like all these different aliens, but then they had like a face mask of Jar Jar Binks. And I'm like, done. <laughs> and, I'm, and it was great. And everyone loved it. So that's my Star Wars costume. Jesus Christ, man. What a... Well, we're not here to talk about that movie either. No, we're but, not. But so, I, so to let you listeners know, so you know, before Rise of Skywalker comes out, Brent and I were finally talking about Star Wars. We've been wanting to talking about it since we started the podcast, and you know, movies that are twenty years or older, four of them from Star Wars I happen to be 20 years or older you got the original three and then you've got the Phantom Menace which, which turned 20 this year yes you do so yeah. so we're gonna do two double bills this first yeah. one as I said before is Star Wars and the Empire Strikes Back and double bill number two is uh, uh, I want to say the Rise of Skywalker but it's not that <laughs> it is the Phantom Menace and Return of the Jedi yeah, so, so uh, if you want those movies, come back next week. But if you want to hear about episode four and five, stick with us. And, and stick with us if you've never seen Star Wars before, this is your episode because we're going to treat Star Wars like any other old movie where we're approaching it with fresh eyes, Brenton. We are, we are. We're approaching it with fresh eyes uh, mm. and, a, and a fresh outlook. So we hope that mm. this w- episode is worth your time. But if it's not, you can always turn it off. Like, you know, we're not forcing you to watch it. Uh, no, I mean, I mean, you are holding a blaster to me, so I have to keep talking, Brenton. But, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, we're doing we're doing the episode right now, Nathan. We're doing it right now. So, with that being said, Nathan, I have a question for you. Can you please yes. pitch me? First of all, can you please pitch me Star Wars? Uh, okay, and then pitch me The Empire Strikes Back. All right. Well, I, I can't do a good George Lucas. I know you can, but <laughs> no, I can't. I can't do a good George Lucas. No. What, are, what are you talking Star about? Star Wars. I'm just going to make Star Wars. <laughs> like, so, um, good day. I am George Lucas, and it's the 70s. Um, I've just made American Graffiti, that iconic film with Ron Howard. I've got an idea. Uh, b- producer Brenton, are you familiar with space? Why, 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 yes, I am. I am. All right. Uh, and do you know much about fairy tales? Oh, 
Oh, I do. I do. I love the Brothers Grimm. I love I love uh, Cinderella. Fantastic. Okay, well, Brenton, imagine a fairy tale set in space. A fairy tale set in space. I know. It's unheard of in the 70s. No one's done this before. Don't fairy tales usually have, like, moral lessons and, you know, like, uh, like kind of mythology in it that is, like, passed down through generations and these stories kind of uh, are lessons within themselves and uh, that's why they're so important and why they stick around today? Is, is that what you're saying? What fairy Brenton, tale is this based you, on? You're, you're on the money. Oh, it's like, it's pretty, Star Wars is pretty much a re- little red riding hood in space, but replace the basket <laughs> with, like, a droid and replace the forest with, like, a galactic empire. Like, <laughs> oh <my laughs> <God>. <laughs> Continue, Nathan. Um, yeah, so, um, to make it simplified, it's the first movie, A New Hope. Oh, I'm going to, by the way, I'm pitching this as a series, Mr. Producer. So, this first movie I want to make... It's about um, a, a farm boy called Luke Skywalker. He's on a he's a farm boy in a desert planet. And he lives a shit life, but when a, um, a a droid holding some treasure stumbles into his life, he's got to go to the furthest stars to deliver the deliver this droid to um, the, the good guys known as the rebels because it's civil war, Brenton, and uh, the government, also known as the Empire, is fighting up against. Look, have you have you heard of the Vietnam War, Brenton? It's pretty much the Vietnam War. Oh, all right. Okay, well, now I perfectly understand. Uh, Nathan, that sounds that sounds great. A fairy tale set in space, starring a farm boy that has got to transport a droid. What is a droid? <laughs> um, a droid. It's like a road. Well, there's two of them in this movie. A, a droid in Star Wars. What is a droid in Star Wars? They're just like robots that like. They're pretty helpful, you know? They have a function, oh. you know? Some of them walk around as, as rubbish bins. Others are a mice. These two, you got as you got a weird, like, yellow waiter as, as one translator, as one robot. Another one is like a dog, but but a, a small blue dog. But he's also like, he looks like a pill. That sounds... That sounds great. They're robots. Okay, cool. Well, hey, I can get amongst this. Is there, is there, uh, is there any? Uh, it's called Star Wars. Is there definitely? Yes. Is there wars? Is there battle scenes in this film? Oh, we'll get that into that into title talk. But I tell you what, buddy, there's bloody action in this movie. There's romance, right. which takes very interesting turns down the line. There's music by John Williams. It's quite good. Oh, oh. also pioneering special effects, Brenton. I, that's what I really want to do with this movie. I want to make you believe that you are in space. Have, are you familiar with two thousand and one? I am. Yes. Yes. Okay. Stanley well, Kubrick. Imagine, imagine Kubrick and Michael Bay had a love child, and that's what I want to do with this movie. Who's Michael Bay? First of all, <laughs> <laughs> he'll be important a few decades from now. But the main thing is that this is what I want for this movie. Nathan, I got to admit, I'm not fully sold yet. Maybe you should pitch me this second film you're talking about, The Empire Strikes Back. Okay. So imagine, you know, the, you know, imagine at the end of the first movie, um, Luke delivers this droid, and maybe they have some success. Well, t- guess what? In this, in the sequel, the Empire is not too happy about the success that they had, so they're going to strike back, Brenton. The part of the part of the the sequel, it's about Luke learning to use this magical um spell binding ability called the Force, and it's right. pretty much just like space magic where you can just like move things with with your mind. Sure. So there's two plots. Empire Strikes Back. One is Luke trying to know how to do shit, and two uh, is what the fuck did everyone else get up to? Like, Leia's running about... Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, Leia and Han, they're escaping the Empire. They're, they're running away. Have you seen The Last Jedi? It's pretty much that. They're just running away from the Empire. <laughs> right, okay. Well, Nathan, i got to say that you have me intrigued, and I'm going to give you all this money, and I want you to go off, and I want you to make these films for me, please. Mm. I can't wait to see them. It's, it's, it's going to... 
sell so so much but it's interesting because like i'm trying to pitch this imagine okay so that's the pitch in the 70s i'm trying to imagine if someone today had never seen star wars how would how you tell them to watch star wars and i think it'd just be like just watch it yeah and then see if you like it what a pitch nathan uh so (laughs) let's get into this uh let's start off with star wars uh non-spoilers to start off with nathan what do you think of this film all right by the way when brenton says star wars he's being a cool little fanboy calling it by its original title because he refuses to use a new hope no fuck that it's called star wars (laughs) that's that's the first movie see i see that it's called Star Wars. That's what it was released uh, back in the day, and that's what we're talking about. We're classic movie banter here. None of that new special features shit. It's true. Yeah. We're calling it Star Wars. Okay, so what do I think of Star Wars Episode Four? Well, let's give some context, Brenton. Let's talk about our relationship to these movies before we dive into these movies, just to give listeners some context. Because like, you grew up with these movies, but I didn't. I first watched them when I was 20. I watched all seven of them, episodes one through to seven in a row. Um, I watched them episodes four, five, six, one, two, three, then episode seven. Okay, good, good. You watch four, yeah. five, six, then one, two, three. Yeah, cool, yeah. cool, cool. And like, and because my whole childhood, I never got into Star Wars when I was a kid. And it's so funny because I remember as a kid looking at people watching Star Wars and I think, ha, those fucking nerds. And I remember thinking like, I'll never get into this like sci-fi bullshit. And as soon as I think that to myself, I'll go back to casting spells from Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it never appealed to me as a kid. I don't know why. I never truly had any interest in it. Yeah, I don't know why either. But you had, you had Harry Potter. That's fine. I had uh, a... Yeah. Harry Potter, but my first real love, I think, was Star Wars, and um, and they're similar, you know, in a, in a way. They're both kind of fantasy um, series. Mm, they're both defined by John Williams' music. Yeah, uh, I think you know, Lord of the, I love Lord of the Rings as well. Like, and there's, so there's three fantasy series. The difference between this one is that it's set in the future. It's set in the past. Side note, because it's a long time ago. But keep going. True. Uh, obviously, <laughs> this is. Uh, Obviously, like this is like it's science fiction. It has elements of that, mm. but it's of it's it's it is more of like a fantasy than it is a science fiction film in my book. Uh, when I compare this to like this the science fiction greats, you know what two thousand and one Blade Runner, it's it's not. <laughs> It's not that. This is an adventure family mm. uh, fantasy this film. This is very popcorn, like the definition of like family fun, you know? Totally. Which Disney has trademarked and written like nothing else. So, <laughs> so yeah, so that's that's what Star Wars is. Don't mm. Let's not kid ourselves. We're not talking about Citizen Kane over here. We're talking about Star Wars, that fantasy, mm. uh, that fantasy uh, adventure film uh, starring Mark Hamill. And yes. So, yes. so Nathan, that all that being said, uh, I I was a fan when I was a little kid. Uh, always played around. I've watched this film countless times. Uh, I think I've told the story of when I first watched Empire. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've done it on one of our season sevens. So yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So, so I don't need to say anymore. Nathan, what did you think of the film? Um, so of of a new hope. I think it's I think it's good. Like five in twenty nineteen in twenty. Because remember, we hold these movies up to twenty nineteen. I think now, like. Yeah, it's fine, I think. What do you think? No, it's pretty good. You think it's pretty good? Okay. No, it's I don't know. Good. I think I think a lot of shit doesn't hold up in this movie, but I think overall I still have fun with it, you know? Yeah, I, I think this is a fun movie. I, I like that how it introduces all of its characters. I think uh, it's got a colourful cast, so to speak, well, that are all well, kind of... Thing, it doesn't really introduce much of its characters. They kind of just rock up. This film doesn't introduce anything. It pops you right in the middle of the action. You just, you that's, just have to That's catch what up I like yourself. about it. It's just like you just you just have all these kind of introductions of this world, basically, and it's not really... Ex- nothing's really explained, like you said, so it's like you yeah, just introduce... nothing's explained. You're introduced to this guy called Vader that walks in and it's like, holy fuck, this guy looks like a samurai 
warrior, but he's like a futuristic robot at the same time. You know, you're like, holy shit, mm. who the fuck's this guy? Uh, and then so on, you meet like Luke, and you're like, oh, look at this whiny brat. You know, like he's <laughs> kind of Luke. I don't like Luke at all in this movie. Luke's a little shit in this movie. He's still endearing, and I think he's only endearing, I think, because of John Williams' score, because they give him such a great fucking theme, like the Force theme mm. that plays, like when he has that 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 classic scene, which I won't talk about at the moment. But there's a scene that like there's no dialogue, and it just kind of sums up the character, which is great. And then you have Han that comes in, Han Solo, played by Harrison Ford, and he's like, you know, like kind of like a pirate asshole smuggler type with a heart of gold, you know? And so, like, that says everything you need yeah. to know about. And so, his, his interaction then with Alec Guinness, who, by all means, is like a space wizard, an old space wizard. Uh, <laughs> plus, like, I think I, I think for me, like, C-3PO is, like, one of the, like, you know, the underrated heroes of this series. And I think, like, the whole, like, first act of this film is, like, based around C-3PO, you know? And, like, you just got him yeah. talking, you know? Uh, and thank God he's, like, kind of... It's it's kind of funny because he's annoying as well, but it's kind of funny. <laughs> like he's, I feel like out of all the movies, he has the most to do in this one. Like in a for new sure, hope. yeah, for sure. Can we acknowledge though, Brenton, that like across the board, I think everyone acts terribly in this movie except for Alec Guinness. Except for Alec Guinness, what about Peter Cushing, who plays uh, Grand Moff Tarkin? Oh, actually, true. No, Peter Cushing is amazing as Tarkin. He's fucking incredible. He's so good. I think he's fucking awesome because he is the real villain of this film. Like you talk oh, about 100%. Vader, like the, like Vader's scary, but. Mm. In this film, like uh, Grand Moff Tarkin tells, he tells him, you know, he's the big boss in this in in this film, uh, and he's fucking great. I think he's awesome. Oh, he's so good. In, in regards to everyone acting terribly, I mean, like I like Harrison Ford's performance. I just think also like they have pretty shit dialogue to deal with, like. Like, the way the characters speak... Also, have you noticed, like, everyone is saying their lines really quickly in this movie? Like, everyone totally. sounds like they're, like, speeding through a run. Like, <laughs> they're doing a table read. And, like, quick, we got to get to the Death Star. And they're like, shit, you got to grab the x and the Fluke. And it's just like, you know? Yeah, totally. Um, I also like... There's a scene in this between Peter Cushing and uh, Carrie Fisher. And how Carrie Fisher, at the start, like, has kind of, like, this British accent, which she then Yeah, dropped. she really becomes, like, I could spare your stench on board. It's like, really? <laughs> Yeah, it's quite funny. It's like she's in Carrie Fisher in real life. She she says she kept on slipping into a British accent. I think I think it was because uh, one, she's playing a princess, but two, it's like she's emulating Peter Cushing, who she's doing this scene opposite. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, uh, it's quite funny. Like at first, because you're like, oh, okay, cool, she's British, and then you're like, oh wait, she's not. She's like, you know, later on, she's like, you know, grabs that blaster and is running down the halls, like speaking in this full American accent. You're like, right, well, okay. I mean, they're all aliens. I guess you can like forgive it, like. <laughs> Do you enjoy Alec Guinness's performance in this film as well? Oh, he saves this movie. And it's so funny because, like, all the acting leading up to it is so horseshit. It's just, like, C-3PO, like, kicking R2 about. And, like, and you meet bloody Luke and Uncle O and you're like, oh, I'm so sick of all this. And then, like, Alec Guinness rocks up and, like, he just... He, he's the first character to act calm the whole movie. <laughs> and you're like, ah, oh, thank God, you're actually reserved. Like He brings oh. the gravitas to this film. He really does. And he's just, he's just weighted and, like... Oh, it's good. I mean, we haven't seen him since, like, Dr. Zhivago. So, like... No. You know, I, I wish he was playing the same character in this, but, you know, I get around Obi-Wan. Yeah, I love Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan was, like, when I first watched this film, he was Obi-Wan was my favourite character. Mm. And you can you can see why. You can see why you gravitate towards that person that's got that calming presence. That And he introduces a lot of, like, the kind of fantasy elements that are in this series. Yeah, which and is why it works, because it's been said by someone who actually knows how to deliver it. Exactly, exactly. And he just brings this realism, this, like, kind of... This element of just like 
And it's like, because it's like this mythical kind of base dialogue of like the force and, you know, and, mm. and the light side and the dark side. You see how he sounds very like, Merlin-like, doesn't he? Like Totally. But he sells it. He makes you believe in it. And he, and he, mm. and he, and he brings, he brings you along on this journey. Um, and so, he's yeah, great. in that sense, he really serves his purpose. Yeah. I think he's great. I love him. I love his little house. Like I love, I love his negotiating abilities. Like, oh, yep. what do you think? Yeah. It's, it's pretty good, him. But I think going from the best performance to the worst performance, I think Harrison Ford is terrible in this movie. Really? Seriously. Like, I'm like, no hold back. I don't think Harrison Ford is a very good actor in this. Oh, I think he's great. Sorry, like, I disagree. Really? Yeah. The way he fucking hits on Leia and he's like, hello, your worship. I hate that he calls her, like, your worship. It's like, really? Is this what George Lucas thought flirtatious, like, writing was? Like, I, I think he's great. I really like his character. I, I love his character. I like his delivery. I, I think... Uh, really? Yeah, dude, No, like, Renton. I, I do. I do. I really like Harrison Ford in in this he film. He does such a weird fucking expression the whole movie. Like he's got this like awkward smile and like. I strongly disagree. I think I think he's fantastic. If we, I don't, I I like calling him the weakest performance. Yeah, no, I I disagree entirely. If we're going to talk about the weakest performance, it's probably Mark Hamill. But in saying that, I think it's not his fault. It's one, it's how the character is written, and mm. and two, what he gets to do in this film. Like you know what I mean? He doesn't yeah. that character. Hey, I'm a pretty good pilot. We don't have to take any of this. <laughs> he's like, like, come on. Well, the character doesn't really come into their own until a certain point in the film. Which we'll talk about later, mm. and it's and it's towards the end, so it's kind of and even like, at the end with Mark Hamill, I'm still just like, uh, I don't know. But hey, man, it's setting it up. It's setting up. It's the first film, you know. But that's the thing. I'm looking at this movie as a standalone film. If I was just to watch A New Hope and then walk away, what would I think about these characters? Sure, I think, but I think there's this endearing quality to Luke that um that mm. is kind of captured, and there's this essence of Luke in this that is very innocent. And so yeah, that's relatable. That's you know, I I, I think it's. I won't get into that discussion now. Sorry. No, I um, I, I think it's very relatable for audiences and I can see why the characters kind of lived on. Yeah, I can see it. I, I, I can so see at the time why this exploded because it was new and like everyone's talked about Star Wars. Like, it, like, like, like we all know why it's big, but like today it's like, like, uh, I don't know. I feel like protagonists today in movies are a lot more likable than what Mark Hamill is. Mm, in what sense? Like I latch on in the pre in the prequels I latch on more into Obi Wan and in the sequels I latch more into Ray than I do in Mark Hamill in these films. Uh, oh gosh, I guess I guess you brought it up, so we got to get into it. Well, see, I don't relate to uh, to Ray at all in the new in the new series. It's part of the reason why I don't like those films. Like I I just think she's not a great protagonist at all. I think oh, she's wow. kind of I think she's kind of boring, one dimensional, and just like yeah. And like whilst I think like there's a certain element of Mark that's very like one dimensional in this in Luke, um, I think it's saved by the fact that I I guess he just gets more to do and he has to face more during this film. Um, so yeah, like in terms of like the three trilogies, like like while yeah, I I, I think Ewan McGregor does a great gives a great performance with what he's given in the prequels, and we'll get into that more later. Uh, mm. And I do like Obi Wan in those movies. Um, I'd still say Luke. Luke's the protagonist that like I kind of identify with the most, and I can relate to the most. And there you go. All right. Well, then let's talk about something we can agree on, which is the effects. How do you think they hold up now in twenty eight nineteen for a new hope? Oh, I think it's like. I think personally, 
I think watching some of these spaceships go through space, I think what like the 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 starfighter battles, um mm. I think I think it looks really good. I love how they've used models so that like the models are all yeah, look really authentic. I think authentic. that was very smart for the film's longevity. I agree yeah, on that. I I think the mm. models are like so detailed and they look fantastic and also like just like in general the production design in this is pretty incredible. Like when you look at the world that was being created, like it's not it's not a pretty sci-fi kind of uh which I think at the time was probably more I guess clear shade was like to have like a bunch of like sleek looking like starships or whatever yeah it's a very dirty world isn't it like tattooing does not look pleasant to be no at, like. it's a very used but even like the millennium falcon like the imperial mm. star destroyers which are like the most advanced things not the most advanced things we see in this film but like there's still a grittiness to them they're still got jagged edges they're not they're not sleek. And it's so funny because you watch these things and like George Lucas was so smart because you look at them and you think this is such a cool toy. Like yeah. I look at this and I want to buy everything that I see in this movie. And that's kind of, it's kind of engineered for that. Dude, like uh, the bloody, even the Starfighters, like the X-Wings, the TIE Fighters, you know what I mean? With the mm. and and But I think what the thing in terms of effects that really just astounds me with this film and you appreciate it now, I think you're I'm a bit older, is the sound design. I think the sound design is genuinely incredible. Yeah. It's pioneering. Like it, like, it is outstanding. Like, the pew, 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 and, like, all that kind of shit. Like, you can't help but get giddy. And and even, like, the sound of, like, the lightsabers and things like that, these are things that, like, you know, we all, we, we can, we hear that noise and we know instantly what it is. Uh, mm. Whereas at this time, like, you know, to create, like, a laser sword, to create, like, a, a laser gun or whatever, like, you know, it, it had to be authentic. And I think this is. Um, mm. In terms of sound design, I just think it's incredible. Like, so you think all the effects hold up? Like all the creature effects, like they're all looking pretty good. Most of them. So, some of the some of the um, uh, some of like the minor characters look a bit shit. I would say, <laughs> um, in yeah. terms of in terms of that. But like like even so, like I like like say Greedo. I think looks really cool. I think. Oh, why does Greedo have a turtleneck? Oh, dude, I love it. I love it's I love so Greedo's stupid. design. I I love Greedo's design. Like I think he's really so- he look, he's the most obvious. I'm wearing a fish mask kind of costume you know what oh, i mean it's it's great I, I i i love greedo's look in this but like there's other characters in that bar say uh that i think are just kind of eh, like there's kind of the guy that like looks literally Satan? oh there are astronauts in this what yeah you can see the in, in the cantina there's a guy that's just like a normal spaceship with a fucking dome around his head <laughs> That's hilarious. Maybe it's Mysterio from um, Spider-Man. Anyway, uh, uh, the the guy that looks like Satan. Like, like, yeah. Why is the devil in this movie? Like, he's just hanging out, and he's got like he does these he does this like side eye thing. Um, Yeah, like Satan hanging out. Like those those kind of ones. I'm kind of a bit like "Uh," on, but like you know, the pig man will call him. Oh my god, jeez. This I swear, George Lucas just went to the costume design department and just said, "Do anything. Like have some acid, trip out, and just like draw anything, and we'll make it happen." (laughs) Like, hey man, I I I think it works. I think I think the world that's created here is really intriguing, and and I think that's I think the world and like obviously the characters as well, but like the world was what sold people on this. Yeah, the actual set design itself. I I agree. I like all the designs, although I have an issue with C-3PO, but I only discovered this movie. Brenton, why is C-3PO wearing a crop top? (laughs) (laughs) Like, I've I've watched this film maybe, I don't know, like twice before, and I've never noticed with his design. Like, he's got like this weird part between like the, the, what he's wearing on top and like his actual waist. And I'm like, is he like rocking like some 90s Britney Spears kind of look? And I like. He has like a breastplate, but it's very like shallow. It doesn't go all the way down to his torso. So yeah, I know what you mean. Um, 
I like that. Like, again, I like all the designs. Like, I think C-3PO is great. Oh, you know what's also stupid about their designs? Have you noticed that all the em- Empire employees, for some reason, they're all carrying fucking pens? Yeah, man. Why? They never use them. Like, all of them have, and some of them have, like, two pens in their jackets. And, like, I've never seen a Star Wars character write down I believe, anything. I believe they're not pens, though. I think they look like oh. pens. Oh. You think they're space pens? I can't. I can't remember. I used to know all this shit. Like, I'd you'd have like all like the books that like had all the like like the pictures of all the characters like in the minor characters, and it would point to things and explain what they all. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not pens, but like I get what you say. They all they they very. <laughs> Why, like, why they all have, like, such good stationery on the Death Star? Like, this is so weird. <laughs> Grand Moff Tarkin, you know, he's, he's, he's straight and narrow. He needs everyone to be taking notes and make Jeez. sure everything's all right. You know what I mean? Do you like with the Death Star, how they keep calling it a battle station, but also there are no other battle stations in the Star Wars universe? Like, they keep saying this battle station, but it's, which is also a great combination of words, but, like, there's no other example of this in the universe, so, like, why not just call it Death Star? I'm not sure. Uh. Nathan, now that we've spoken about Star Wars. Mm. Let's talk about its older brother, The Empire Strikes Back. Yes, the sequel. And you know what? You know what really surprised me watching this again? How much better Empire is than New Hope. And like, it's stereotypical in my opinion, but this feels dramatically better. I know about you. Yeah, I agree. It's dramatically better. Yeah. And it's funny because when I first watched them, I did all seven in a row. I remember thinking like Empire and New Hope are pretty much identical, but like watching them again God, the acting is so much better and the writing is so much better. The effects are pretty much the same, but like, it just feels like- Oh, the effects are better. The effects are better in Empire for oh, sure. Oh, okay. Well, there you go then. It's like, yeah, it's just like everything, Like it just lifts up and I'm like, thank God. Could you watch Empire without New Hope? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Mm. Actually, I think a lot of kids ended up watching Empire before. New I Hope watched as well. Empire first. I watched em- Empire was the first one I watched. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, I think I love this movie so much more, and I and every other movie's copied this for a sequel. But I love how it splits all them up. Yep. The narrative choices taken here to um to split everyone up, to have everyone always on the back foot. No one's ever like in control of the situation entirely. Mm. So there's always a sense of tension about the way it introduces the new characters into this film, which I think there's two. What two? Yeah, well, Bubba Yoda and, um, Yoda and um, Billy D. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think is brilliant. I think I think both those characters add a lot to the to the franchise in the end. But um, what about Boba Fett? Oh, and Boba Fett. Yeah, sorry, I always forget Boba, Boba Fett. They kind I think of, most people do, frankly. It's like, yeah, <laughs> mate, he's like the most. Why does everyone obsess over Boba Fett? I I've never understood this. I think it's the design of the character. It's a cool design. Like it's it's yeah. a character that you think is like, holy fuck, he walks onto the set and you're like, well, you know that guy's there. Um, and so you're like, holy shit, what's he going to do? Oh, especially in New Hope, am I right? <laughs> well, he's not in New Hope in the original cut. No, he's cut. not. We should mention, we watched the special editions for both New Hope and, and um, Empire. Jabba the Hutt is not meant to be there, and he should not be there, you know, because really part of the should. thing with Jabba the Hutt is that then he raised the tension of, like, who the fuck's this guy? Because all they talk about in these two movies is this Jabba the Hutt character and how mm. fucking nasty and, you know, full-on this this thing is. Uh, so it's better we don't meet him yet. But, again, like, I think the way that this treats its characters, Empire Strikes Back, the way that it puts them in situations that they're not comfortable with, allows the characters to grow naturally. The way that the new relationships form between some of these characters... Such as C three PO and Chewbacca, you know what I mean. That was the that was the standout for me. That relationship <laughs> in this film. Jeez, I'm like they have a couple moments together, but I'm like, oh, I love I love three PO in these movies. It's funny. I I know people used to say he's annoying, and they still do. But like, I love th- I've never had an issue with three PO. Everyone's like, oh, he's so annoying. Like he's like the Jar Jar Binks of the original series. It's like no, dude. Also, everyone treats him like shit in these I movies. Know. Like everyone, like I love it when like he meets Lando and like Lando completely ignores him and they all leave without him. 
I know, right? I, I think he's just like, like awkwardly serious... standing there, and just like, oh, poor three PO. It's like, oh, but he's always there. He's always kind of happy to serve and happy to, you know, uh, great, great. Yeah, and I love his banter with R two D two. Like they're the comic relief of these movies. Like totally agreed. Yeah. Oh, poor R two. I love him in these movies, and he's just, it's just so stupid. I love it, and I just love how C three PO and like R two are arguing at the worst moments in the movie, and like and like and I and it's true. People point this out as well, but R 2s sole function just pretty much to be a key. These whole movies. He's just a portable key that unlocks doors for everyone in the middle of the action. Totally. But he's very endearing and and it's it's kind of like a little charming kind of thing and a little fun thing, you know what I mean? Like to mm. have around that's kind of like, you know, this cute little droid that's that hangs around that is like always, you know, despite its size and despite it's like what it was programmed to do is always like getting in the action and trying to, you know, He's a brave little droid. He's great. And also, in these original movies, we get his iconic scream, which is definitely the best part of his character. Wow! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he does it so many times. I think he does it, like, once in A New Hope. But in Empire, he fucking lets loose. Like, he screams like a motherfucker. Yeah, like, man. Oh, it's great. You know what I don't like about Empire, Brenton? What don't you like? I really don't like how fucking creepy Harrison Ford is on Princess Leia. In what sense? It's like workplace harassment, like what he's doing. Like he keeps on like following her down like halls and's like, pwah, pwah, oh, you just love me. And she's just like, no, I don't. And she repeatedly goes for Luke instead. And he's just like, well, well. And like, he's just, I don't know. Do you not find him creepy? No, not at all. I, I think the strongest part of Empire Strikes Back is the relationship between her. Are you fucking kidding me? No, I, I do. I think that's like that's what this story is about, really. Like, obviously, we're following Luke, and he's the protagonist, and mm. he needs to learn his shit. But in the meantime, like the relationship that's focused <laughs> on the most is Han and Leia, and that's the strength of the film. It's like how these two come together. I feel like she fools him only because like he's her only option. <laughs> like, no, she's like it can't be the Wookiee and it can't be the the robots. I think I think she likes Han the whole time. That the way she looks at him in the snow base and whatnot, like when she's like kind of. Like I, th- I think like the their relationship is so strong in this film, and like obviously it's bringing these two together and bringing like two people that probably you know on the outset shouldn't be together, but like are, mm. are kind of meant to be together, and what they go through in this film and how they work as a team and and kind of overcome things and how they don't overcome things, you know, like it's a. It's a great relationship. Yeah. Do you ever wish these movies explored Leia's PTSD with her planet being blown up? I mean, she gets over it, doesn't she? I mean, like, yeah. like Lucas <laughs> like, really moves on. I don't want to really talk about that in the sense because it's spoilery for like Star the original Star Wars, but there's elements of that that I'd like to talk about. Um, oh yeah, we'll get we'll get to it. Let's talk about the brilliant decision to add Yoda into this franchise. Oh, and it's funny because in A New Hope, I actually missed Yoda. Really. Yeah, I was like, I want Yoda in this movie. Like, I, I love... Because when he rocks up, oh, I love Yoda in this movie. Because also, I completely forgot because of how you see him in the other movies. In this movie, he's just batshit insane. Yeah, dude. Like, he puts out, like, yeah. Like, I like he has this he has this crazy kind of kooky energy that kind of is missing from him. Yeah, and, like, he's, he's lost his marbles. Like, he's bonkers. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I love Yoda. I think, I think he's like... Such a great character, so many great one-liners. His relationship with Luke, especially, and how Luke is just so easily frustrated by this little fucking green elf thing. He's so pissed off. Like, Mark Hamill low-key, like, hates him. (laughs) Like, it's just like... Oh, because also he wants he Luke really wants to help his friends. He's like, I have to hang up with this fucking like green rat person. It's like, what am I doing? But also like how this film like so we're introduced Yoda and I love Yoda. I like I absolutely love that character. But the char- the the character that this film makes me love like, which is pretty remarkable, is Vader. 
I love Vader in The Empire Strikes Back. Really? I lo- yeah, dude. I don't think Vader had much to do in this movie. He does, man. Like, he gets more to do than he has in, like, Star Wars. Like, he he comes in and you're like, you always know there's something up with this guy in this film. And you're just like, what the fuck is going on? And why is this guy so, like, he's absolutely ruthless in his, like, ambition to, like, you know, catch Luke, basically. And you're just like what the fuck's up with this guy and why is this like so... And it's like pushed in yeah. your face the whole time. Well, he's time. very he's different just like, in A New Hope because of how it's been written. Like, a new, like he yeah. has a very relation, different, like, like you know, relationship with Luke and, and A New Hope than this movie. But he's like, he's like just like execute, executing officers left, right and centre. He's, uh, yeah. he's, he's like entering fucking mind, like uh, meteor fields and whatnot and like, you know, putting his people at risk with like this just like soul intent and it's like this powerful like presence that you're just like, what the hell's mm. going on? And so like obviously when things come to light in this film, like it, it kind of makes sense. And so like, I do like how this film gives more time to Vader and we get to see see more of him. I know, I've always preferred Vader and Jedi more than any of the other two. Like, Oh yeah, but we go, we're leading there is the point. Like, we are leading like, there. Like, yeah, I see what you're saying. Like, I don't know, because I, I watched this as an adult, but as a child, were you ever genuinely scared of Vader? Uh, the scariest film in the original trilogy is when Luke goes into th- goes into a certain cave and interacts with Vader. Oh, that's the, right. Yeah, that would be spooky for a kid. Oh, also because the effect in that scene is like, it is a little bit spooky. So yeah, I I think Vader is a is an intimidating presence, and as a kid, I thought he was intimidating as well in this film, like and in the mm. first film especially. I haven't, I don't, I don't really find Vader that spooky. Like to be honest with you, like he's got a great look. Like he's his design is iconic, but like I don't know. I don't like, know if he's. I don't know if spooky is the right, right right word. I think he's commanding and intimidating is what I'd mm. say. I mean, can we talk about the famous line from this movie? Because everyone in the world knows it, right? Like, no, no. Let's 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 wait till we get to spoilers, and then we'll we'll talk about all the intricacies. But everyone knows, and it's funny because when I first watched this movie, I knew the famous line from this movie, and so I put it together before like he finally reveals it, and I'm like, ah, okay, that makes a little bit more sense. But I do love that decision. Oh, dude, it's a great. It's narratively like the choices, all the choices they make in this film pay off, and I think are perfect for for what it goes for. Do you know what? Also, I think what I really learned from watching Empire, I think with the Disney movies especially, I think the way George Lucas writes dialogue, it's a very interesting way of speaking. Like Star Wars characters, they just they don't speak normal. They speak like there's this kind of like weird. They there's a very interesting choice of words. Like, well, I think it's again, it's kind of like that fantasy element. I think everyone talks in like this, this kind of strange dialect. Like, yeah, and I think with the Disney movies these days, they don't do that as much. No, like no, they, they speak don't. more normally. No. And it's funny watching Empire and a New Hope because I'm like thinking, man, they, I, I really like this kind of this way of language. I think like I want to see it elsewhere. I do too. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I agree entirely. Especially when some of the older characters that are featured in the original trilogy turn up in like the new trilogy and they don't talk like that, you're just like, mm. it's a, it throws you off a bit. Yeah. No, Empire's a good time. Did, did you want to rate these movies? I do, I do, I do, I do. I'm going to give the original Star Wars a thumbs up because I think it's a movie worth watching still. And I think people can still have a good uh, time watching it. No, I do. I do. Th- I think it's a good time. It's a, But you have to go into it not going it's Star Wars, but I think it lives up to the fact that it's a fantasy adventure family film. And I think if you go into it like that, it's a great time. Um, but, like, would you recommend it? Do you, like, do you know if kids get around the original ones these days? Like, Absolutely. I guess, yeah. I guess people still love A New Hope. Like... I don't know. I feel like I feel like you should watch it just so you get to watch 
the better ones in this franchise. Sure, but I think on its own, it's still a good time. And I think, like, as a family film, like, it's it's great. But you know what? What's interesting, what I think, especially with The New Hope and Empire, like, people praise the original trilogy like nothing else. They're like, this is the this is God's gift to cinema and all that kind of shit. And it's just like, uh, maybe in comparison to the prequels and the Disney sequels, but, like, I don't know. Watching both New Hope and Empire, I'm like, they're fine? Like, I don't know. I didn't... I'm, I'm not feeling giddy or nostalgic. I'm like, I guess they're okay movies. The story itself, it's a little bit... It's a little bit cliche. It's like, I'm not... Totally, I agree like, I'm with not, you. I'm not watching Star Wars for an interesting story, frankly. And like... No, I... I agree with you. I don't think you are meant to watch it for an interesting yeah. story. I think you're meant to watch it for these characters, and I think you're meant to watch it for this world. I think that's what's always know, that's, been a, that's what it. I'm saying, Brenton. I'm not in love with the characters, to be honest with you. I don't. I'm not belovedly attached to them. I don't care that much about Han Solo or Leia or Mark. Frankly, it's like I don't know. I think I think the the acting really bogs it down. And yes, it gets better eventually, but like I don't know, like. I think I think with the strength of these two movies is that rewatching them repeatedly eventually builds this love, and because they're so rewatchable, that's what I think makes people kinder on them. But I think honestly, I know so many people that don't like the original Star Wars and don't like Empire. Sure, sure. Like I like I, I can see why. I mean, like we are in another time now. Yeah, I'm just trying to imagine like uh, like people who have yet to enter this franchise and they say, "Oh, should I watch A New Hope or Empire?" I'd be like, "Yes." Like if if you know, absolutely. I, I, I'd I say, don't look, th- abs- like if I if they if I said you wanted to watch a special effects extravaganza then i'd say watch the disney movies because they're the better special effects no no i would i would say you need to watch these you do need to watch these like because like the disney like i'm just not impressed by the disney extravaganza like i'm i'm never impressed by the special effects and oh films. come on just... special effects wise the disney ones outflank these ones easy yeah but we've grown to a point where like special effect like sorry but special effects like in terms of like in those films just never really impressed me it was like oh here we go like nothing's really impressed me like and blown me taking things to the whole next level since like something like avatar you know what i mean that like you watch it mm. and you're like holy fuck my my point is with this though is that like it's important to watch because like you said like there's people that don't like these movies and like will watch these and don't get into it or whatever there is like obviously given like when you look at the majority of society that do watch these films i just couldn't rob them of the experience of that they might watch this for the first time and fall in love with this world and fall in love with these characters and fall in love with what this is going for you know what i mean I yeah I, I i genuinely disagree I don't think A New Hope is the film to make you fall in love with Star Wars characters. Truly. Like, I think Empire I do, because I actually see some narrative arcs finally. Like, and, and like, yes, obviously A New Hope has, has character arcs, that kind of stuff. But like, I feel like Empire, they're challenged so much more. Like, I agree with that. But like the introduction like in Star Wars, I think is still worth a watch. And I think people will still like have a good time watching it. Uh, and I understand that there's people that don't. But I'm saying that like there's a bunch of people that will. And like I think that like if you're going to watch these films, I watched Empire first and I, you know, I had a great time and I probably wouldn't have it any other way. Like in terms of my memories, because I have specific memories attached to that, that mm. the viewing of that of the of that film but at the same time like I went back and watched Star Wars and and loved segments in, in this film and loved and loved Obi-Wan Kenobi like absolutely loved Obi-Wan Kenobi and thought he was like the coolest character and like you know the the the, the most amazing character and whatnot and I like I liked Luke I got along with Luke and I and I related to Luke uh, and then I, I laughed at Han I laughed at C-3PO I thought that Chewie was really cool I like that Chewie is intimidating in this film and isn't a joke you know what I mean like mm. he's a he is a character in his own I like that Leia grabs 
describes the blaster of um god i'm spoiling the movie i, I like that the yeah. layer like like they, you know they what res- i mean it's like she's she's the damsel in distress that doesn't need to be rescued and she like is the one that rescues them in the end it's like, a bit cliche it's- but it's how it's executed nathan it's the world it's the it's it's the yeah. environment it's the it's the characters it's this the feeling that you get like that no other franchise gives you and even the other films that are coming out in this oh harry potter does it in spades mate oh yeah but harry potter is a different is a different beast entirely like I like you can't mm. I I can't compare I think Harry personally, Potter. I think Harry Potter is much 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 better than Star Wars because I think it has the narrative heft that matches the world building that Star Wars does. Are, are you saying that in what sense though? Like are you saying like how are I'm you saying narratively them? Harry Potter is much more interesting, and as far as world building goes, it parallels Star Wars in its quality. In terms of films, the films yes, we're talking films, films. Sure, but it has it has what it has. Um, like okay, so when Star Wars began, there's like three films, right? It's a trilogy, right? Mm. Uh, Harry Potter is like eight films based off seven books. But even if you look at the arcs in just like Philosopher's Stone, Secrets, and then Azkaban, you look at just those three movies. I think narratively, so much more is going on with character growth, development, and change than like. I would, I would, I, I would totally agree. But my argument to that is still is that Star Wars does a lot of things in three films, whereas Harry Potter has eight films to do it in. You know what mm. I mean? Um, and and as well as that has like a whole rich backstory in terms of like hundreds and hundreds thousands of pages of of material from from its books to draw from. Star mm. Wars is is a piece of cinema that has like come out and is like started off as an adventure family film and uses the themes of family and um like familial relationships to like kind of ground this franchise and um and take it in new places uh, as it goes on. But to start off, I think this first film introduces these characters in a in a in a strong way. It doesn't shove them down down your throat with uh with with anything really. It just shows the characters as they are and then from there there's a little bit of growth in this film, but it sets the stage uh for the platform of like these characters that you like, the characters that you don't like and you know you don't like them, characters that you love as well, such as Obi-Wan Kenobi. And then you walk away from this having this kind of I think this exalted feeling of like, wow, that was a good time and and even if you watch it today and if you're a bit older, I think you'd be like well, you can see why at the time, like that was that was so special, and why people get around these characters and like these characters. I don't know. I can just I'm just seeing so many cracks in it, buddy. Like honestly, if I'm if I'm rating this, I'm gonna give a New Hope a thumbs down, and I'm gonna give Empire a thumbs up. Sure, I'm giving them both a thumbs up. Uh, so yeah, that's Star Wars for me. Empire, I don't really need to say anything else about it. It's a it's a thumbs up. It's a it's one of my top films of all time. I'd say. Yeah. What, what makes me give Empire a thumbs up and not a New Hope is I think narratively there is a story here that I think everyone would really really milk getting you know getting out of it. I think really interesting stuff is going on with these characters in this movie that I wish a New Hope did a little bit more. So. I, f- I figure you and I, we're so ready to spoil these movies, Brenton. Yeah, let's spoil it. Oh. Spoilers! Spoilers! Spoiling this movie, yeah. I can't believe it, Brenton. This is the one week where singing spoilers to the Star Wars tune would have made more sense. All right, fine, fine, fine. I'll do it again. <laughs> and fucking he fucking hell. doesn't do it! Spoilers, nothing but spoilers, nothing but spoilers. Spoil the shit out of these movies. Even oh, I thought you were. The whole reason you do this is to build up for this moment, and we're fine. Finally here, Brenton. Nathan, let's talk about the original Star Wars. Let's talk uh, about A New Hope. I don't like. I, I don't really want to go over everything because I feel like people fucking know what we're going to talk about. Yeah. Like, when also, we talk this about is like films. this is the most talked about movie of all exactly. time. Exactly. Like, so everyone's like, I, dissected. There's not it much today. to say, but I like. There's a few scenes that I like have picked out that I just go. They're the ones that I want to talk about a little bit about. And as always with me, I've just noticed weird, random, nitpicky things that I find quite funny. <laughs> 
<laughs> sure. So let's let's start off with the moment that is for me when I look back at this film. It's probably the moment of this film, and it's near the beginning, and it's when Luke has a little hissy fit and he runs up and he, <laughs> runs, and he and he runs up to the top of of his parents farm oh he's he's on an uncle's farm and he gets there and he watches the twin sons uh mm. like Which look setting. amazing they still hold up so well and that that scene there's no dialogue spoken we just get the reaction of Mark Hamill and we get mm. that swelling score which is for some reason known as the force theme but I've always been like that's fucking Luke's theme, you know what yeah, I mean? That's Luke's theme. It's like, Luke's yeah. theme, but it's called the Force theme, and it's given to like Ray, and it's given to fucking Obi Wan in the f- in Phantom Menace. It's like, just give it to Luke. It's Luke's themes. Like, for fuck's sake, <laughs> give it, get it. It's Luke's. It is, theme. it is pretty amazing. I remember when I first watched that scene for the very first time. I'm like, this is moving. Like, you're like, fuck yeah, it's moving. Like, you watch it, it's tear inducing. Like, it's like it's. Yeah. Uh, every time I watch it now, like as a kid, I was always like, "Ooh!" Like, but like now, it's like it, you know, <laughs> I feel myself welling up watching that scene because this it captures something, and this is what I mean about the, like it captures something that's very relatable in that in that scene. But not only that, it's just like beautiful cinematography mixed with amazing soundtrack, mixed with a good performance in that moment. Um, it's perfect. Yeah, it's perfect. Because he shuts the fuck up. That's why like, he's good. <laughs> it's, a, it's a perfect scene. Yeah. Why does Why does Uncle Owen need like a translator for his moisture farm? <laughs> I'm always so confused by this because they go to buy C-3PO from those fucking weird midget like, like alien things and I'm like why do you need translators for the moisture things on your farm? No but it's it's isn't the f- I always took it as that he needs the translator to like talk to the robots that he can't ah, talk to. Why not just build the robots in the language you understand? It's like it's no, but it's the robots can't talk. The ro- there's no like audio function in the robots and oh, C3PO. Oh right, in the same way that three PO translates R two D two. Yeah, that's that's right. So it's like that's what <sighs> I always took it as. Um, which again is a flaw in the technology. But yeah, it's like it's so stupid. Like oh, do you love that when we meet Luke in like in his home when he first gets three PO? He's playing with a Star Wars toy. He's I playing know, with his right? own little like jet fighter. I know, right? <laughs> I love that. I just love the Star Wars universe. They've got toys of their own ships. You know what I mean? It also says a lot about the character, I think, that he's like, what? We can presume he's like, what, 18? Like 17, maybe? Yeah. Could you imagine just by, because by, like 1970s casting, he's meant to be 12, but they cast Mark Hamill. No, I, I think, I think he, let's say he's like 17. You know what? This movie would make more sense if Luke was 12. Don't change a single thing except have him look like a 12-year-old boy. I think sure. it would probably make, because his dialogue, you know what I mean? I mean, sure, man. You're, you're not wrong, but... What what I always think is interesting about that moment with the act, with the toy is that it's like there's a 17 year old that's so fucking lonely on a farm that he lives with like his aunt and uncle and all he has to do is that like he's been so isolated isolated he's a 17 year old that's still fucking playing with like fucking toy spaceships oh. you know what I mean like it says everything about him <laughs> like in that it's like, moment what a fucking loser it's like jeez and like I love I love how we randomly meet his like one friend at the end of the movie he's like oh, oh my you're in the rebellion he's, he's, <laughs> he's mate with like, his porn star moustache that's like yeah man let's fucking go <laughs> like, oh my god Jesus I swear every movie because it's Empire as well we meet one of Luke's best friends and they get, they get like three lines and then we never see him again yeah and then they fucking die <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh do you think that Luke has a really like dark backstory where like just as a child all of his friends would randomly be murdered for various reasons hey maybe maybe i mean maybe that obi-wan series that's gonna be the plot like ben kenobi just like like taken down just like all the different friends no yeah maybe ben kenobi is just like constantly like maybe it's like gonna be like a series about like a psychologist like he's just like providing counseling sessions to luke after he like i would kill to see al guinness with some glasses just like (laughs) uh brenton i've always i've really wanted to talk to you about this for ages does the opening crawl really hold up in these movies 
Like, what do you thought? What do you think about? Because, like, yes, it's iconic, but like, do you ever read it? Like, is it actually necessary for these movies for the opening text? Maybe not, but I think it's good. I like it because it like it's an ode to like a it's an ode to a era in cinema. A time when, like, long gone. Exactly, it's an ode to that, and it's um, it's it's classic. I think I think the films get better using it. I will say. I agree. I think I think the Disney films especially are really good for actually like giving some decent exposition in it. And these ones, it's also pointless. It's like the war continues and they got to escape the battle, but and the coming. It's like we know it could open. It, a new hope could open with like that iconic shot of the destroyer. Yeah, it could open with that without the text, and it would be as effective. Speaking of which, what a great opening fucking shot. Like, you oh, know what I mean? It, it, there's a reason it's iconic. It's like... Because it takes up the whole frame as well. Like and it, and it moves slowly across the frame as well. And you're like, geez, the size of this thing. It's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. And it just gets you right in. It's like, whoa, let's go. Fuck. Do you like the way that it perfectly syncs up to Rogue One? Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. It's or- funny. As soon as I walked out of Rogue One, because Rogue One ends exactly when New Hope starts, I'm like, oh, I should just watch New Hope now. And like, it, they, the, the beats are perfect. Like, yeah. Absolutely. They did really, really well. Yeah. Rogue One did a great job at that, yeah. It's I need to so watch that again. I've only seen Rogue One once. Like It's 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 interesting. It's, it's, it's a very interestingly paced film because you like at the start especially, you go to a lot of different planets and meet a lot of different characters. Like Yeah. It's it's not really until they all get together that shit finally starts getting good, but when it does, geez. Yeah, like I, I don't know. I, I remember walking out of that and I was like, Yeah, it was alright. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. But I'd like to watch it again. Same. I would I bloody love it. CGI Peter Cushing, that was fucking weird. That was like I liked him. I like CGI Peter Cushing. I was happy to see him. It was yeah, I was happy to see him too. I was like, hey, it's mm. Grimoff Tuck and thank God he's back, but I was like, well that's fucking weird. <laughs> like You know what? I reckon a new hope would be much better if we had Ben Mendelssohn. Oh my god, yes. That that's the best oh. character in, in Rogue One, for sure. Like Maybe even in Star Wars. Just he's fucking incredible. He's, great. he's such he's a great so character. Good. We stand amongst my achievements, not yours. He's such a weasel. He's so like ugh. I love it. Yeah, and he like, and he squeals like one as well. He's he's so weak, but I that's what I like about him. Like he's yeah. Um, oh, like he's he thinks so he's the reason this has all happened, and it's like, mate, you're just like a fucking cog in the wheel. Okay, speaking of passionate um, people who work for the Empire, can we talk about for New Hope? I love in the meeting room when they're all when you meet them, and it's like we're on like the set of like Doctor Strange Love, and they're all sitting around the most evil table around. They're all in their fucking black. I love the one because he's only in this one scene. The really passionate one who's so excited that they have a Death Star. I know, and right? He's just he's like, fucking great. I love this he's character. He's into it. He's like, yeah, man, let's he's, fucking go. He's like, you know? we hold the ultimate super weapon, and he's like, and he's like snarling as he says it. He's like, he's and like Peter Cushing's like, oh, settle down, mate. And Vader's just standing there, and he's like, enough of your sorcerer ways. Like, what an idiot to like call out Vader on like his magic in the meeting room. You know what I mean? I know, right? It's 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 great. It's a. It's he reminds a great- me. He reminds me of like this of like an intern who just like starts off at a new company, who's way too excited and is like calling the shots before they've even like run the run. <laughs> totally. You totally. know what I mean? And totally. then it's like shut up, like oh, it's so good. It's great. Nathan, what else? Uh, the other scene I want to talk about. There's another scene. Is it the weird? Is it the weird? Um, is it the weird torture ball scene where for some reason they have like a ball that tortures people? Dude, that thing's fucking scary. Like when you think about it, when you start thinking about it's so like, weird. And also the zooms on the ball. Like I was laughing during that. There's shit, another man. torture scene in the next film we're going to talk about that I think is way better. Like that is way like. Oh, because you hear Han getting fucking tickled. Is that why? Like. <laughs> And I tell you what, when we looked for when, we, when I was looking for the how did we make this research, I was digging for evidence that it was just like Harrison Ford laughing. Like, 
Nah, dude. Like, that shit's cr- scary. When you see him, like, about to be, like, going... Like, his face is going to be put into that machine. You're just like, fuck, dude. That just does not look like a good time. Oh, like, he's all. unhappy about it. Yeah. You know what's the most, like, like spooky thing in this in A New Hope? Was when you see um uh, the aunt and uncle's skeletons after the death dude, of... Dude, the- it's fucked. That's fucked. Like, that is cooked. <laughs> like, I'm like... Literally, geez, they are cooked. Could you imagine yep. Disney doing that these days? Like, No, fuck oh. no. No. It's like, yeah. And bless how, like, Alicanus is like, oh, they have the accuracy of stormtroopers. And you're like, wow, really? It's like... Because <laughs> everyone knows, especially watching these movies, stormtroopers can't fire for shit. Like, I, um... There's a lot I could talk about. Like, you could talk about the Tuscan Raiders and how they're introduced and, and whatnot and how they're... They're so <laughs> weird, aren't they? Those are the ones with the fucking rifles, isn't it? They're all... Whole, yeah. Yeah. But, like, the 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 thing I want to talk about is actually Alec Guinness's uh, introduction to the Force as well as giving Luke the lightsaber in his little hut. Mm. The scene that happens in his hut and when C-3PO is like, I'm going to shut down now because otherwise I'd have to talk through this scene and no one wants to hear that at the moment. And I do love it whenever he shuts down. Like, you can so see it's the screenwriter just being like, oh, I don't need 3PO in this scene. Like, yeah, totally. Um, but in the meantime, we have this great scene, which is like giving us a bit of exposition. It's the exposition scene in this mm. film. It is. But it's brilliantly handled, partly because of Valak Guinness's like performance mm. and how he sells it. You know what's really interesting? I actually think I prefer this story to what they do in Empire. Like, spoilers eventually for Empire, but, you know, with all those big revelations. I actually really love how, like, Alakinus is talking about the Clone Wars and then, like, Anakin Skywalker was killed by Darth Vader. Like, I, I, I kind of wish I knew what this version of Star Wars would have looked like. You know what I mean? Totally. I know what you mean. But, if um, they weren't one and the same, I'd be like, I actually also, really want to know what would have but happened. But also, like, after watching Empire and watching that monologue again and, like, how he crafts the story... It, mm. it makes you look at Obi-Wan in a different light, you know what I mean? In that moment of, like, how he's how he's selling this to Luke, you know what I mean? Like, it's a... Yeah, and you can really see that he's, like, low-key pitching, like, joining the Rebellion to Luke. He's just like, yeah. oh, Tales of the Jedi Knights and the Clone Wars, and Luke's like, oh, what's a Clone War? And now again, it's like, I don't know, maybe you should find out. Like, <laughs> <laughs> just like, like, the way he's selling it, you're oh, like, oh, Alleganus should be in sales, honestly. But you know what Alleganus is shit in? What he's so shitting, it's his fucking fight with Darth Vader. It doesn't hold up, Brent. Dude, dude, I agree with the choreography isn't great. It's so bad. Also, his facial expressions, he looks like startled during it. He's got like I know, wide eyes. I know. Oh. And how he kind of reaches the sword out and, you know, it's 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 not great. But what it's is no great good. Is, the, is the scene itself and how it ends, I think, between these two. With him becoming a fucking blanket. Yeah, I think it's great. Like, I, like it's not <laughs> that. I like that in that moment, he's like, you know what? I'm out, like, and he just, like, lets himself, like, he, he lets himself be <laughs> He, like, half. drops the mic, drops the lightsaber, he flicks, like, Vader the bird, and just, like, fades out. I, I, I think it's I think it's awesome. But also, like, how he comes across Vader in that hallway is fucking, like, with the lightsaber already out. Like, when he comes around the corner and Vader's just yeah. there. It's a great moment as well. Like, oh. shit, yeah. But it's funny, because you see, like, Revenge of the Sith, like, the lightsaber battle they have there, which, mind you, was filmed in 2005, so obviously it's going to be better choreography. Also, it's prequels choreography. But, like, you compare that to what they do as their final confrontation, it's like, come on. Yeah, they both got old. (laughs) They both get fucked. Yeah. Which, mind you, they're both, like, in their 60s at this point, so you can see why that, like, they're both like, oh, God, it's like, oh. Can we talk about how stupid the Jedi mind trick is? Why is it stupid? 
It's so stupid. And they only, it's funny because they have this ability. And if I had this ability, I would use it all the fucking time. It's like in these movies, there are so many scenarios where a Jedi mind trick would like help them, but they don't. They only use it like twice. Yeah. I mean, it's like, like they forget they have this ability. To be fair, like I think, um, like obviously Luke's not trained yet. And Obi-Wan's the only one that can use it. And uh, it, it's probably more of a precautionary thing that they're like, oh, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. You know what I mean? But um, mm. I, get you, I get your point still. Like how did George decide what the force could be used for in these movies? He's like, okay, let's have it be able to make things float, do some mind control. You know what I mean? It's like, we can do Skype calls on this thing. Like, it just feels so made he, he up. He tried like, to d- d- explain how how it all works in episode one, but uh, we'll get to that. I, sw- I, sw- I think the best explanation of the Force is when Mark Hamill does it in episode eight. It's a good moment. Yeah. It is a great moment. Yeah. One thing I loved, I loved... Okay, I hated Harrison Ford this movie, except for when he improved um, his bloody um, phone call with the other troopers. Holy when fuck, he, like, it's bloody great. I'm fine. <laughs> how are you? <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. I'm like, ah, oh, that's the first time I actually was like, finally Harrison Ford. I'm like, just him being like fucking goofy. It's like, it's, it's so great. good. That whole like escape sequence is fucking great. Like, oh. and like Leia's just so sick of it. Like, garbage compactor scene is classic. Oh my goodness, it's so. And, like they like grab the pipe and it snaps immediately, and it's like, oh fuck it. Like, Dude, <laughs> yeah. I'm not gonna like. I'm gonna bring this up once, but the Family Guy like take on Star Wars. I don't know if you've seen those episodes oh. when they do it, and like how like the whole time I'm like thinking. As I always think in those, is like, when's Meg gonna show up? And like, how her oh. character in A New Hope is the fucking like the lizard thing underneath it. It's fucking hilarious. It's funny. I saw those Family Guy parodies before seeing Star Wars. <laughs> Dude, so I had no clue what the fuck they were going on about, and like I didn't watch the. Fu- you got to watch them again because they're just great. Like this, so I haven't funny. seen the full things though. I've like I think I saw like clips of like the th- Family Guy parody of A New Hope, and I'm like, oh, this looks kind of funny. And then I finally watched the movies, and then I finally watched the full Family Guy thing, and I'm like, this is great. It's so funny. It's so it's, it's so good. Funny, yeah, dude. Um, but I that garbage compactor scene we- is classic. It's bloody great. And like how oh. that moment where C three PO thinks that they're all like being like crushed to death, and oh, then he's geez. like, it's- listen to them. <laughs> oh, dude. Yeah, and they're all like they're all laughing, and he's like, oh god, <laughs> they're all being crushed. It's like. Uh, I also love it as well because I think this happens right before um, the garbage scene. Uh, is there a scene where like Harrison Ford asks Luke if like the princess would be interested in him? Like, like I think it's right before the garbage back to scene where Harrison Ford's like, "Oh, you yeah. reckon the princess might like me?" And Mark Hamill's just like, "No, no fuck off!" No, like, no, no, she wouldn't. <laughs> fuck off! Don't, don't do it. Don't do it, Han. I love that there's this like little three-way thing going between I this know. like love triangle, and it's like, I know. oh, and when they're about to die, and, the, and you just see it all coming through, it's like, oh, I fucking love it. Like, it's just great. Nathan, can we just quickly talk about? And this is the last thing I kind of want to talk about is like how mm. derivative it is of like the stupid little shoot the torpedo through the porthole and then oh it'll blow God. up the Death Star. And, like, everyone who has a brain has pointed this out. Like, like it's, so, it's so stupid that they have this flaw in the Death Star. There's not like, much else to say. It's just fucking dumb. No. <laughs> I do like how Rogue One kind of explained why it existed. How, yeah, like, that the designer yeah. was like, no, I deliberately put this fault there. Like, But still. It's still. Oh, really? Then what happened to the Death Star 2? Because that shit's still around, you know? Like, <laughs> like, the, in the Death Star 2, they made the whole fucking bigger. That's the, that's yeah, it. it's like, what are you doing? <laughs> so you it's could like, fly a whole ship in. Yeah, woohoo. Oh, God. Oh, is, yeah, oh, we'll get to that in the next episode. But yeah, the last thing I want to talk about, New Hope. Why do they get medals at the end? 
It never happened. Like, in all the other Star Wars, again, in all the other Star Wars films, you never see any characters getting any accolade. Hey, you hey, know Nathan, what I mean? All I'm saying is, why didn't Chewie get a medal? That's the real question we have to oh, ask. Oh, now that, that is some bullshit. That's some straight oh, up sh- fucking bullshit. You know what oh. I mean? But also, we never know what happens to those medals. We never see them again. So I, I presume, naturally, it's it's like when you get a certificate as a kid, like a weekly effort award. You just like just put it in the pile. Like. It's like a gold <laughs> star, you know? Yeah, it's like, I imagine I just got these medals and then Mark Hamill's just like, oh, fuck this. And he just like puts it in some drawer and forgets about it. Like Nathan, should we get into the spoilers for Empire? Oh, I'm ready to spoil Empire, man. What do you want to What do you want to talk about with Empire? Well, let's talk about that cave scene because we were talking about that before. That shit's fucking scary. Like how like Vader like appears in the cave. Oh, and yeah. Have- no, okay, I think it's more scary because of the fucking prosthetic Mark Hamill under yeah. the helmet. <laughs> yeah, under the face. Like, <laughs> Which looks so stupid. Like, ah. Well, as a kid, I was always like, is that Luke? I was always like, is that meant to be Luke? Or who? who is that meant... Is, is it Luke? You know, like yeah. when I first watched it. It, look, it's, it looks like, like a weird plasticky version of him, because it is. Yeah, it's pretty fucking creepy. Um, but it's a great scene. Um, and I love how, like, disappointed... It's a little bit pointless, though. It's like, why is it in the movie? I love how, like, disappointed Yoda is the whole time with Luke. He's so fucking disappointed. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about You Will Be. The scene where, like... You will be. There is another. You will be. <laughs> You will be. And then he gives this, like, weird, like, meth addict, like, no teeth grin at Luke. And then Luke's, like, Mark Hamill's reaction is, like, the normal reaction of, like, ooh. <laughs> <And then laughs> yeah. just cuts. It's great. Oh, it's just... It's, I love Yoda in this movie. I love it when we first meet Yoda. He has like a little fight with R2. <laughs> like, like, Yoda, like Yoda's like whacking R2 with the stick while he's trying to like steal the food or whatever it is. And like... Oh, dude, it's great. It's great. It's like, I just love that like you see R2 across these movies. Sorry, you see Yoda across these movies be so fucking powerful. And he is. And he's like fighting with the droid. And also R2 knows who Yoda exactly. is. Like, R- <laughs> like, like R2's like privy because of the prequels. He knows who Yoda is. Like he knows exactly what's going on, but he's still like shooting him like shit. I know. It's fucking hilarious. Oh, I just love how fucking batshit insane Yoda is. Like, why does Luke give Yoda a piggyback ride? Hey, man, why not? Why does he give him a piggyback ride and then doing backflips and shit? Like, as he's running along. Oh, like, because in the prequels, when you see the young Jedi's getting trained, they're not giving each other piggyback do, rides. Do you, like, do, you reckon, do you reckon there's, like, a scene that's been cut from the prequels where, like, like basically, like, Obi-Wan and Anakin are like walking through the halls of the Jedi Temple and then you just see this young like apprentice like running past and like Yoda's on his back like (laughs) (laughs) like Yoda just does it for cheap transportation like he doesn't have a go-kart or anything he's just like he's like fuck it I gotta get I'm small I gotta get around somehow you know know what I think your training should be today a brisk jog I need to get to the bloody council chambers away (laughs) (laughs) and it's like oh and fucking Samuel Jackson is there and he's just like oh I remember when I had to do it when I was a Padawan oh no Samuel like Yoda goes first on one Padawan's back and then another Padawan runs past and Samuel Jackson's on his back (laughs) (laughs) he's just like speed motherfucker he's just like oh I fucking love it it's just it's so stupid in this movie it's because you see like, like Yoda like fucking like teaching Mark Hamill to be Tarzan through the vines and shit. And Artu's just watching this, like, like no, so nonchalantly. It's like, this is not normal behavior. It's like, oh. Can we also talk about how, like, at um, Dagobah, Luke has got a pretty good lunchbox. Like, did you see the meal that he's eating? Yeah, dude, this little bento box. The, like- yeah, he's got a little bento <laughs> box. I'm like, go for it, Luke. It's like, did he go via Tokyo for this? <laughs> like- hey, um, let's talk about the opening battle. Let's talk about the Battle of Hoth. Yeah. You know what I realized watching this movie? And you know what I find very interesting? You could cut all of Hoth out and it would have no narrative impact on the film. What do you mean? So I was watching this with my housemates and like we realized this both for this and we'll talk about 
episode six next episode. But like for this episode especially, you could cut off the first half an hour of this movie all on Hoth, and it would not affect the main plot. No, it would because the emp- the whole point is that the Empire gets to Hoth and starts chasing them, which sets in motion the whole plot of the film. But that's the thing. You could open Empire with just them being chased in space by Yeah, the sure, Empire. but I think Hoth's more interesting. I mean, yeah, obviously we get an ice planet sequence. I feel like Hoth was more was more there just so George Lucas could sell some like ice action figure of well, everyone. Well, like the two things that happen basically in it that are important is that the ghost of like Kenobi comes to Luke and goes, go to Dagobah, go to Yoda. And two, mm. the Empire's chasing them, get the fuck out of there. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, a, it's still, dude. The Battle of Hoth is, like, arguably the best battle in Star Wars. Like, it's just, like, classic, oh, dude. no way, it's, mate. It's fucking classic. Like, that nah. shit's... No, that shit's... As in the original trilogy, it's the best of, or the whole oh, franchise? Oh, easily the best of the original trilogy. It's up there for the whole franchise. Okay, I thought you meant whole franchise. For original trilogy? Yeah. <laughs> we could talk about Ewoks, but we'll save it for next, for next episode. <laughs> What do you think is the best battle of this whole franchise out of all eight episodes? Well, my As mind battle. In, my mind instantly goes to Hoth. Like, straight up. I mean, the opening to Revenge of the Sith is pretty good. Oh, yeah. That's up there, too. Yeah. That mm. space battle. It's pretty good. Apart from that, really. I think I look at Hoth and I'm just like, the AT-80s are so fucking stupid. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like they're so dumb. Like, who designed a fucking, like, bear as, like, a, as, like, a tank? Dude, the harpoons are pretty fucking gnarly. <laughs> Oh, oh yeah, because they go around them and it's like the biggest slow motion as well. It's like, really? It's like, this is what knocks them down? It's like, oh. Dude, there's a great moment on Hoth 2 with the Wampa Cave and like him getting the force, like when he uses the force for the first, like the second time, like getting the lights It's so up. pointless. Like, <laughs> Dude, it's and great. And you see him like fucking lose an arm, like, oh. It's great. Yeah, that that's fucking funny when he chops the thing's arm off and he's like, get the fuck out. <laughs> get the he's fuck like, out. Oh. oh yeah. Does this movie suddenly at one point turn into The Revenant? Where, like, Han Solo finds Luke and they have to, like, hide in, like, the belly of that, like, weird ice horse. Tauntaun, yes. Oh, of course you know the fucking name of it. Like, yep. Jesus. Could you imagine just, like, they climb and suddenly Leo's already in there? <laughs> 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 and he's like, I've been here for days. Like, <laughs> like oh, who are you? A long time ago in the American frontier. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> he's just fucking hiding from Tom Hardy and he's, like, walking by with a gun. Like, oh, it'd be great. But why? But why do they have ice horses? Why do they not just have like space bikes? Maybe may, I don't know. I I don't I don't have a good answer for that, Nathan. I mean, they have uh. air speeders which they're flying like the next day, like to try and find them. Yeah, it's like why do they have a fucking horse then? It's like uh. I, I don't know. I can't tell you. But Nathan, let's let's get this episode rolling and let's talk about the scene of this film. This is like arguably probably my great my favorite scene in all of Star Wars and that is the the duel between Luke and Vader. Ah, yes. But you were not a Jedi yet. Yeah, that's what I like. The the dialogue is so badass. There's like two lines spoken and then it's on. It's just and it's, it's fucking yeah. on. And like the way that's shot, the way it's captured, it's fucking perfect, oh, dude. Like It is perfect. What a moment. Like holy fuck. It's great. It's the first time they really see each other yeah. and confront each other and Luke's like I'm fucking ready and then Vader's like you're not and then Vader starts winning and, and Luke's yeah. like shit I'm not and Vader's like toying with him the whole time and you're just like mm. and you know he is and Luke's like thinks he's got a shot it's bloody great there are some stupid moments though I love it whenever they're like Mark Hamill like kicks Darth Vader Vader's like Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> he fucking falls. Ooh. Like, and he like falls off the or falls off the fucking stairs. Oh, uh, and it's a proper fall as well. Like those they, they fly. Oh, it's the first time we see a Jedi jump as well in these movies. And like yeah. a Mark Hamill when he like falls through like the, the, the thing that Han goes through and yeah. he like leaps out. Oh and Mark Hamill's like awkwardly clinging to the roof, like throwing shit at Vader. Like Vader's got two great lines in that bit where he's like all too easy and then he like flips the like thing and then like Mark Hamill mm. jumps out and then he's like 
impressive. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, because I think Anakin's remembering like his own jumps back in like the prequels. He's like, oh, yeah, I did this. Like, I tried to do that the one time and then fucking got my legs and arm cut off. Fuck. Jeez. I remember I remember when I saw like um, Mark Hamill above Darth Vader, I kept on thinking, does he have the high ground now? <laughs> <laughs> I was just waiting for Anakin to have like flashbacks and be like, ugh. Like. But that leads me into the next point. Do you think the I am your father line pays off? Oh, it's fine because that's the thing. Everyone knows this line. Yeah. Like, there's no way in today's modern, like, watching cinema that it's a twist anymore. Like, everyone knows. Like, Well, when I was... I watched this very young again. Like, I think, like, obviously we had different experiences. Was it mind-blowing for you? Yeah, it was mind-blowing. I was like, fuck. Like, it made me... Like, I remember I watched The Empire and I was like, shit, like, he's his dad? Holy fuck. Then like, I was, like, five or whatever. I was really little. Yeah. I was, like, four or five. And then, like, I was like... What, str- what, what, what strong language for a five-year-old? I was like... <laughs> dad um (laughs) and then i was like i had to watch return of the jedi straight away i had to watch it i was like holy shit like this is this is full on you know it's i i i I like the moment although it's ruined by mark hamill's acting no his fucking face and he's like hugging the pole for dear life and like dude i love how like it's never really addressed but like luke totally like gives up and tries to commit suicide in that bit when he just like oh yeah because he looks down he's like yeah this will kill me and he fucking jumps and then he just like gets sucked oh yeah gravity doesn't work because like he like falls sideways into that tube i know he gets just kind of sucked down and he's like how the fuck did i end up here and then the bottom of that drops out and then he's on that spire and then he force calls leia and then lando comes over and gives him the rescue let's talk about lando Let's talk about Lando. Oh my god. Billy oh my D. God. Billy D. Fucking steals this movie. I love Lando in this film. I like, do too. I do too. I, I've missed him in the Disney sequels. I'm so glad we're getting him back for episode nine. Like, Oh man. I love Lando. Because I, I keep forgetting because by this point, Han and Leia have already kissed. So like, you know they're a thing. But the second like Lando meets Leia, he goes for it. I know. Like, he full on like tries. He's like, And like, Tamar Harrison Ford's kind of standing there being like, oh, could you not? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Who do we have here? Like... <laughs> Uh, I also love it as well. He comes up with like the full Calvary, and you're not too sure if he's gonna like shoot Han or not. And then like, and when he like starts hugging him, like they all awkwardly like walk away. Like, I know, right? What? A, what? An what's Im- with the guy with the with the headphones over his ears? Oh, I think he obviously is part android, part human, or whatever. So he's just like oh. he's just doing his job. He's just doing his. Doing I just like his to thing. think he's got some sick beats going this whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> like like Lando just hasn't like mentioned it to him and he just like wants to keep him in the, in the workplace and he's like can I have my own Spotify like what do you think of Han Solo's final scene in this film where it's like the famous bit of like I love you I know and then he goes in and he gets frozen and then he's gone it's pretty great it's the most Harrison Ford of Harrison Ford dude I love so. I love the bit when Chewie fucking starts losing his shit like and starts throwing oh. stormtroopers around and then Han's like dude Hey, this isn't gonna help. Like you know, you know what I love. Okay, do you know what I love about the I I know scene with that? I love that like like Boba Fett and Vader are just awkwardly watching it play out in the background. Yeah, they're just kind of bemused. Vader's just kind of like, huh, I was in love once, and then he just kind of like you can imagine he's just like. <laughs> Me. <laughs> just like <laughs> <and then> he's <laughs> just like crying underneath the helmet. Like it's just so awkward because like all the major characters apart from Luke are in this scene, all yep. of them. Yeah, and they're watching like like Harrison Ford reject Leia. <laughs> they're all just fucking standing there, and it's great. And like all the troopers are going about, and like Chewie's like still ripping them up, and, and Vader still isn't doing anything. Like yeah, oh, it's a great moment. Adic- it's 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 a great moment. It's very characterful for Han. I like how he like he makes Chewie calm down. Like that's probably one of my favorite bits. And then he says goodbye to Leia. In that famous line, and then he gets frozen, and he's fucking gone. And that was the other thing. As a kid, I was like, holy shit, is he dead? Or, like, you know, like... Yeah. 
but his face looks so stupid once it's carbonated, right? Right? <laughs> dude, I've seen that prop. I've seen that real life prop. Oh, really? Yeah, dude. And it looks exactly like that. <laughs> Jesus. It looks even stupider in real life, I bet, doesn't it? Hey, it looks it looks exactly the same. You're like, hey. And he's kind of like short as well. Like, in it, like it's obviously not like the real. Oh, stuff. really? Yeah, like it's kind of like, oh, it's hard. Cool. Uh, getting back to Lando though, does Lando work for a, for the Ardani Mining Company? What do you mean? Like, like he Loki mentions how like they're like mining the planet for like materials, and I'm like, oh, is Lando like a full on like is he causing the Amazon to burn? Like, is, <laughs> is, is, is Lando like secretly really into like carbonated materials? Like, like he's hey man, uh, I can't tell you. I'm just imagining like Lando's like an oil tycoon like of the Star Wars. Like he has like a big cigar and he's like <laughs> probably is he probably is. You know what I also love about the Cloud City planet as well, and I have to mention this. Do they have dinner with Darth Vader? Dude, I was going to say, that'd probably be the most awkward fucking dinner like you can imagine. Just like, and what? Do, what's Vader eating? That's what, does he like just insert a tube into his mouthpiece? Why, why does he choose the dining room to like trap these characters? It's a good moment like, though, when he's just like, when that's like a big like shock, I guess. Like when they walk in, he's like, we've just come up with this new deal, which I think will work out really nicely. And then he opens the door and then Vader's there. Han, Han just straight away like tries to blast him and he blocks it. He's like, grabs the gun and he's like, We'd be honoured <laughs> if you'd yeah, join just, us. But but that's the thing. The scene ends with them in the dining room and then just like hard cuts back to Luke. It's like, like I just like to think that they have this weird like family dinner where, where like, you know, and it's funny because like, because Vader can sense Luke. So it's kind of weird. We can't really talk about it, but it's like now in this episode, but it's kind of weird that he doesn't sense Leia in that scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, Oh, I just I wish I knew what they had for dinner. Like like Boba Fett's just sitting there, it's just like, so I heard you were a clone once. It's like- I reckon they definitely had risotto. That's all I'm gonna say. Oh. Nathan, let's do some special segments. I love special segments, mate. It's where we reprise random segments we go from in previous episodes. Brenton, I wanna start it with a new segment. Sure. And i and for both these movies. I want to do a new segment called Would This Movie Be Improved by Porgs? Yeah, if if Chewie was fucking eating one. Like, the Porgs stopped him from doing it. I fucking hate the Porgs, if I'm being honest. Like What? I love the Porgs! The Porgs can, they're great! The Porgs are fucking stupid. They're like, they're like Ewoks. They're, they can get fucked. But Ewoks actually... Excuse Ewoks, me, how wrong Ewo- have you Ewoks actually, They're cute! Ewoks actually served a purpose in the end. Porgs were just fucking there for no reason. Just, like, hanging out... Get fucked. No, we don't. It's like having like little puffin birds in the. You Star know what Wars I saw the other day? I like... saw a Lego set. I saw a Lego set that was like a life-size porg, and I was like, "Get fucked!" That who the fuck wants Actually, to play with that? Like, ooh. I mean, they wouldn't make it if it wouldn't sell, Brandon. Shut like. the fuck up, <laughs> mate. Oh, uh, I just try to imagine if like a New Hope, like you know, <laughs> they're going to fucking like the the cantina bar, and like this is like all these porgs just like flapping about, like like you know like when you okay you know when you're at a restaurant and sometimes a bird gets trapped in the restaurant and like awkwardly. <laughs> the staff have to try and shoo it out <laughs> I'm just trying to imagine they're trying to make a deal with Harrison Ford and like the, like the staff are trying to get rid of all these porgs in the restaurant like, that is <laughs> funny that is funny uh, which two characters should have kissed because I do have an answer for this oh I, know, I, t- I can tell you who shouldn't have kissed fucking Luke and Leia <laughs> that's true that shit's awkward that's true which we'll get to in the next episode but yeah. you know who should have kissed who should have kissed like mate is there anyone else it's fucking um, C-3PO and Chewbacca like <laughs> I do love her when she bucket like takes Thepio like he's like trying to steal the parts after he gets blown up. Yeah, I know, right? Like also, who shoots Thepio? Is it Boba Fett? I don't know if it's Boba Fett. I think it's a random stormtrooper. Oh, okay. Because he because like it is a little bit weird how he like puts Thepio back together and his head's on backwards and Thepio is like, oh my, yeah, <laughs> totally. Um, I would have loved to see them kiss. Like, I've 
always wondered, are like, R two and three PO like a couple in these movies? I don't know. I think I think I think what's going on is that I think three PO thinks they're a couple, and he feels like that. Like, <laughs> but R two's having none like, of it. And, like. he, and, he, and he gets <laughs> sick of R 2s bullshit. Like he's like, you should be giving me more attention, R two. Like, come on. Then R 2s like, shut the fuck mm. up. Like, let's go. Let's go do some like shit, and he's like, "Mate, can't we just like stay behind, get oiled and shit, and just like hang out together and have a good time, <laughs> you know?" Like, and then like Archie's like, "No, you know." He's like, "Oh, I love him, but fuck, I hate him sometimes, you know." Oh, jeez, it's like, yeah, I fucking love. It. I love every time someone tells the three PO to shut up, and he's like, "Okay, fine." It's like, three <laughs> uh, PO reminds me of like that annoying partner, like your best mate has like a, has like a new girlfriend <laughs> or boyfriend, and then and they just like won't shut up, and it's like, I like you. Mm, I know about the other one. Like, <laughs> uh, um, another segment I want to introduce is I'm, rep- I'm reprising it uh, from an old episode we did uh, from Blade. Actually, it's called MCU, where <laughs> we ask, "Is there a way we could fit th- these movies into the Marvel Cinematic Universe?" Mate, there's no way they'd fit in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. First of all, because they're not Marvel properties. But if they were, which character would you want to appear in the MCU? Oh my goodness, which one would be great in the Avengers? Oh, could you imagine Chewbacca in the Avengers, Brenton? It'd be pretty cool. It'd be pretty cool. But- Just like <laughs> they're all going up against Thanos, and you hear this, Ooh! and then like Chewie like comes out of nowhere with a crossbow, and he just starts going, and he's at just it. like chop and shop. Like, oh. It'd be pretty cool if R2 was in it as well. Like, I think, like, R2 rocking up in the MCU and just, like... Oh. I could see Iron Man having, like, a sidekick like R2. Yeah. Yeah. Who else? I mean, like, a Jedi... A Jedi is, like, pretty, like, straight up. It's, like, you know, you know what you're getting with that. So, like, if Luke rocked yeah. up or something. I but... feel like every fucking fan film has been, like, putting Star Wars and Marvel characters together. You know what totally, I mean? Like, totally, totally. It's probably been done. But I'm trying to think, like, continuity-wise, like, like for some reason, like, the Avengers are like, great, we defeated Thanos, like, what's up next? And then something like the Death Star rocks up, and they're like, fuck. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, no, I don't know. I don't know. I think, like, w- I think you've got a good one with Chewbacca, and I think R2 yeah. is pretty cool. I just know, knowing, knowing Disney, it's like, would Disney ever have the tenacity, or, or the audacity, I should say, to, like, put these two properties together? No, 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 no. No, and they should oh. they should never do it. No. In like thirty years when they do, Brent and I will be like, fuck. <laughs> Nathan. Our final <laughs> our final special segment today is is this movie worth the remake? Uh or a soft reboot in the case of The Force Awakens. Here we go. Let's talk about Disney, because I feel like we've been wanting to talk about Disney at some point. So The Force Awakens, um, I was very excited for. Um, I was mm. extremely excited for it. Did you have like that two years of hype prior to when? Yeah, it was well, I heard I you saw every trailer religiously, all that. Kind I, of stuff. I heard Disney release it, uh, got the rights, and I was like, you know what? Cool. Maybe they'll do something different with it. Was my first thought. You know, maybe they'll take it. They'll they'll take these characters and they'll do something with them. You know, and hopefully on. Which them. I think they did. Yeah, they did. They did. And then as uh, as as you know, things got closer. They released that trailer for The Force Awakens, that first teaser, showing the Millennium Falcon. And you see the Millennium Falcon, and you see those videos of fucking fans crying about it, you know, and whatnot. And you know, like I know, <laughs> I, I remember I watched that trailer at like five in the morning because I had to go to acting class that day, and I was just like, "Holy fuck! Like this is real!" And I remember like seeing that. And my first thought of the Millennium Falcon was like, I just my instant thought was like, I was thinking of like Han, Leia, and Chewie and Luke on the thing, and I was like, "Oh man!" Like, and it like brought up all these feelings. And then I went and saw the film. I went and saw the film at the midnight screening. I was very excited. You fucking nerd. I wasn't, like, super excited because I was still keeping my feelings in check. It's like, it's Disney and whatever, but let's see what happens. And it was, it had, remember, it had all this fucking blast about it. It was like, this is, like, the best thing since the Empire. You know, this is, this is it. Yeah. And I went and I watched it and I was like, well, that 
was exactly what I didn't want it to be. And that was like a retreading of basically uh, like... Which was a remake of A New Hope, yeah. And I was just like... And I was... I remember I was just kind of like... I was, you know, I, I kind of enjoyed myself. It was like, it was all right. I had a good time. But I just walked out and I was like... It didn't hit me for the next couple of days, but I was very disappointed with that film. Like, Well, that's why I gave like A New Hope a thumbs down. It's like, if you want to watch A New Hope, just watch The Force Awakens. Because you're pretty much getting the same movie. It's like... Yeah, but you also get Maz Kanata and shitty characters like that that are just like... Excuse me! I love Maz Kanata, no. thank you. I love... I love her weird sexual tension with Chewbacca. No, it's just like, what the fuck is this? Like, is my, my like, is, is like my question, like, when I was watching The Force Awakens, is I was just like, what are they doing? Like, why are we doing this? Like, why are we wasting time, like, fucking doing this again? Why is there a stupid, like, Starkiller base or whatever it is, which is, like, the size of a planet or whatever it is now? And, you know, we have to make everything bigger and better, <laughs> but the same. And it's like... But even in the movie, Han Solo was like, oh, it's just another Death Star. And they're like, yes. <laughs> yeah, but just because they admit it doesn't mean it's fucking not bad. Like, that's fucking no, lazy. No, I agree. All shit. Like, the fact that JJ was like, I'm the biggest fan and I can't wait to do this, and he thought that was acceptable was just like, really, dude? But everyone, again, I'm wrong because I'm in the minority because everyone fucking loved The Force Awakens and was like, yeah, that's exactly what I wanted. And it's like, really, dude? Really? That's what you wanted? You wanted, like. Well, sp- speaking of being in the minority, like, I feel like I'm in the minority because the internet so po- so famously and popularly loves, like, despises um, The Last Jedi. Yeah. And, like, I do know people in real life as well. It's not just, like, fanboys. Like, I do know people in real life as well who are like, ah, yeah, Last Jedi was fine. But I don't know. I th- To be honest, let's, I want to talk about Disney properly now. I mean, this is probably the best place for us to do it. Like, I, f- I thought... I okay, controversial. I think Last Jedi is the best Star Wars film. I don't think it is. I think it's got a lot of issues. Because I because I wasn't because I never fell in love with these characters. Yeah, totally. I didn't give two shits that they made Mark Hamill I, old and grumpy. I, yeah, neither did I. I wanted them to do that for sure. Like I yeah. wanted them. I, I wanted it was them smart. to. I wanted them to do it in the Force Awakens. But like the thing that I had yeah. the issue with the Last Jedi is that it has issues which I don't need to go over because everyone's fucking discussed them to the end with the, the plot mm. and um, some decisions uh, around certain things and whatnot. But I liked that it actually took it and it did something with it, you know, that wasn't... Yeah, it did something very different, which makes me love it more than Force Awakens yeah. as well. I completely yeah. agree. Yeah, like, I'm like, well, thank fuck someone actually took it and did something with it and got rid of fucking stupid Snoke. Like, I was like, thank fuck that oh. guy's gone because, like... That was so smart. I fucking love that plot twist. I was just like, I get rid of him. Genius. Like, he should never have been introduced in the first place. He's just yeah. fucking shit. And it's funny, the more, about, the more I think about how dumb it is to bring Palpatine back the more I think, fuck it, I'm so happy Palpatine's back. <laughs> like, I, I, It can go either one or two ways. My my gut feeling is like, fuck, they're really reaching to try and like fix this situation because like they're like, oh, fuck, when mm. fan fallout from The Last Jedi, let's just throw the Emperor in there. Let's get Ian McDermott throw him in. And it's like, mm. you know, there's that side of it. But then the other side of me, the optimist in me, which, you know, isn't really... I'm, I'm, I'm kind of done at this stage with the, with the franchise. I just want it to fucking go away. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, no, I'm like, I'm just like, dude, just... I mean, obviously, so you've been watching The Mandalorian, right? You've been getting around that. No, I haven't watched the trailer. You haven't even seen the show yet? No. Do you want to? Um, not really. I mean, like, it's I... It's so good! I haven't, I haven't, like... You would fucking love it! I, I, I just haven't felt the need, to be completely honest, like... Wow. Brenton. I guess wait for the whole season to come out and then bloody get around it. Because yeah. it's good! Everyone's raving about it. We'll see. I mean, like, I, I just, I just, I don't have that Star Wars fever, man. I'm just kind of like, I like, I like the movies I like, and, you know, I, I'm, I'll, 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 I'm gonna go see Rise of Skywalker and you know maybe I'll enjoy it maybe I'll have a good time like there's aspects of those new films I do like and and there's good actors in them I think Daisy Ridley's a great actor like I know I said before about Ray but I think she's a great actor and 
you know, um, I think I like I've always liked Adam Driver. You know, um, John Boyega has got so much charisma and brings so much to, in that sense. But um, yeah, I'm just kind of. What like, about Rose Tico? <laughs> oh right, yeah. I think I don't think she's bad either. Like I don't. I think, no, I actually don't hate her at I, all. I, I, I mean, I can see why people hate her. It's like we have I, to save what we love, but it's like yeah, it's terrible. Yeah. But like, it's not her fault. <laughs> like, yeah, she's. Why she, did they bring in George Lucas for that scene? Like I, again, I think she did the best with what she was given, and unfortunately, a lot True. of a lot of the plot lines that people didn't like were unfortunately hers, such as the Casino Planet and all that shit. But um, uh, but no one gives shit to Benicio del Toro, do they? No, fuck, he's so weird in that movie and so out of place. He's so like, weird. what was he doing? <laughs> what what? I hope he comes back. Like, I don't think he will. Oh, imagine you if he imagine? came back, like, and just was, like, in, in, like, even, like, an episode of The Mandalorian or something, just, like, rocked up, you know? Like, oh, who knows? Who knows? That'd be amazing. Could you, like, in this weird fucking stutter, like, jeez, like, ah, oh, I don't know why they put him in that movie. Oh, but I love it. It's all so stupid. But, Nathan, yeah, I just, I just hope Disney, I'm more excited about, like, these new trilogies, but even so, like... Are you excited for the Obi Wan series? Are you excited for the um, Cassian Endor series? Not really. Like I'm just, I'm just, I just feel really. You're not even excited for bloody's um, Ewan McGregor being back. I just feel fatigued. I do. I feel fatigued with the franchise, and I feel like at the moment, every time I like, honest, this is just me being completely candid. I when I watch when I watch the Force Awakens, what I wanted to see was like characters, these characters that came out and they did something with them and they did something interesting and they 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 use cinema as an art form to like take this franchise forward, which is like a franchise that is embedded in like in like the the cinema from like the late seventies, early eighties, and it's and it's it's its own thing and it's got such a a voice to it. And what they did was was that they took my money to fund. <laughs> They're fucking. They like, took like, my money. I, I literally like all I felt was like my wallet being handed over to Bob Iger. Like at the end of that, I was just like, "Well, oh wow." They tried to get me with the nostalgia bait, and it didn't get me. I was like, "You well, didn't want a BB-8 toy. You didn't want those remote control." No, nah, BB-8 can, can get fucked. Like just use R two. Like, seriously. Just use R two D two. It's the same character. Like I love BB-8. I love as they're like. Wee! As he's like, well, yeah, about, you know like, who's other woo I like? It's R2D2, who's the original character. Wow. And like, why do you need another thing that's the exact same thing? Like, there's no difference. It's just like the same thing again, but it's a ball this time instead of a pill. <laughs> that means you can just kick it further, can't you, Brenton? Like, exactly. <laughs> fucking hell. Uh, well, Brenton, what stills these movies? So, Nathan, what stills this movie is a segment on the show where basically Nathan or myself or the both of us, we uh, pick a frame from the film that is either funny, that is interesting, that is beautiful. There's something to say. It might even sum up the film in a, in a, in a funny way, but we've chosen two stills, one from Star Wars, which you chose. Nathan, it is Leia <laughs> in her prison cell as as uh, Luke uh, comes in to save her. It's so funny because like she's lying in the most, like in the way that like the Greeks were being fed grapes. It's like... <laughs> It's like that kind of pose on the couch. And also, she's sleeping on the most uncomfortable surface ever. Like, like she's like that would be the worst thing to sleep on because it's like exactly. on this like metallic bed. And it's like, and I think she was sleeping on her arm when she was resting. Yeah. But I just I just love it when she like angles at him and she's dressed and she's like she's trying to look the most sexual way she can. And she's like, aren't you a little bit short to be a Jedi? Yeah. Yeah, and you know what? You know exactly what the direction from George Lucas was in that scene. You know what I mean? Like, just looking at that image. Do you reckon there's a scene George cut out where just, like, Mark Hamill just, like, suddenly pounces on her? Like... <laughs> <laughs> she's like, no, <laughs> you're 
You're not my saviour. But you know what I mean? Like, the only reason she's in that position in the first place is, like, to appease all the fucking teenage boys. Oh. You know what I mean? Yeah. Isn't it like that Carrie Fisher always had, like, fanboys come up to her saying, like, you are, oh, like, my can first you fucking crush. Ha- can like- you fucking imagine how gross that would be? Oh. Like, ew. Jeez. Like, God. Poor Carrie Fisher. Like, no wonder she went back, like, you know, she, she, she had the life she did, like, being that kind of figure. Hey, man. She was a, she was a smart lady, is all I'll say. Mm. I think, I, you know, when you look at her other work and whatnot. Have you read, like, her books or anything like that? I haven't read her books. I, I just... I, I just know her other work and like what a profound like script doctor she was and you know she just seems She's like fantastic someone... in Austin Powers I tell you that yeah um yeah I I just. I really like her. I think I think she's great. And for Empire, <laughs> Brandon picked this one because it is it is iconic. It's, it's like iconic, the freeze frame. But it's also when I think Empire, this is what I think of, and I I remember the specific memory of like watching Star Wars, and this is the scene I always think of. And obviously, it's that uh, it's that scene where Vader and Luke duel, and they raise their lightsabers to each other. And it's a great moment, and it looks amazing, doesn't it? Like like you can so see that hanging in people's like rooms, like Perfect. it just. Yeah. It's so cool. Yeah. Did you ever have like a bunch of lightsaber battles when you were a kid with your friends? Like, well, I was never really allowed lightsabers as toys. My parents are like, "You're gonna fucking what? Like, whack someone with it." Like, so no. Yeah, that's the idea. I did. <laughs> that's I why did, you get I, them. I did get one eventually. Um, and yes, but yeah, I've had many lightsaber battles with friends. Um, I even remember playing with a <laughs> a guy in our year level. Um. Jordan, uh, when we were very, very young, and I went to his place, and he had like a private cinema in his house, and we watched Star Wars, and then we went outside, and it was pouring rain, and I had this lightsaber, and I was so into it. Like he wasn't into it as 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 much as I was, and oh my god, I was like like hacking at this tree like out the front and pretending it was oh like Jabba the Hutt or something. Like I was. That's amazing. That reminds me of the battle from the end of Rise of Skywalker, how like Kylo Ren and Rey are just like battling on like the falling thing in like the river outside the the Death Star. Like yeah. Who knows? You're pretty much doing that, Brenton. Who, who knows? I mean, maybe, maybe. I'm not sure. I mean, mm. maybe I'll be doing that in a couple, in a, in a week or so, you know? Would you freak out if for Christmas you got given a lightsaber? Yeah. There's one lightsaber <laughs> I've always wanted. There's one lightsaber that's Which like, one? The lightsaber I want. <laughs> it's, it's like saying this like to all the listeners, saying if you ever want to send a gift. like <laughs> It's Luke's lightsaber from Return of the Jedi. That's the one that I've always wanted. Like, Oh, really? Why that one? Oh, I love it. I think it's the coolest one for sure. Like, I think... Oh, you don't want Darth Maul's or you don't no, want no, Kylo I want Ren's? Luke's, Luke's from Return of the Jedi. That's the coolest one. And I love the oh. green... I love, like, because I reckon I'd have a green lightsaber if I was a Jedi. And, uh, yeah, I was, uh, like, an of course. Have- you, fu- you should see, listeners, the fucking glee in Brenton's face when he says that line, like, Oh, if I was a Jedi, I'd be the best in the world <laughs> and I'd save the galaxy. I'd, like- have a, I'd have a green lightsaber. Or green, maybe, maybe, like, one of the yellow ones, like the orange, the gold ones. Like, they're fucking cool. Uh, like I'd have one of those. You don't want some old Jackson's purple one? No, nah, man, fuck that. No. Nah. Have you heard that story? How he's got like bad motherfucker tattooed on it? Oh, dude, ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> but, it's great. but great. Um, I want to go to Disneyland. I think it is where they have the Star mm. Wars land thing, and they have this thing where you can like build your own lightsaber. I want to fucking really? get it. Yeah, dude. Like, look it up. It's fucking oh, crazy. That's like Galaxy's Edge thing. Yeah, right? yeah, like, but it costs a lot of. Yeah, it yeah. costs like like what? Probably two hundred. A- Probably more than that, actually. Like, oh, lightsabers are expensive, and it's like it's a proper thing. It's like you build your hilt and shit, and you have all these pieces. You pick like all these different things, and you make it. You pick your crystal of your color, and you put it in. And you get your oh, own wow. lightsaber. It's fucking cool. Like, I remember when I went to Harry Potter World and I got my own wand. It was like it wasn't like build your own wand, but it was still like that whole process where like totally that'd be way cheaper though than fucking oh yeah. It was only, when I got mine, it was only like fifty bucks. Like it wasn't that dear. I'm talking like hundreds of Australian dollars to like get one of these lightsabers. Oh my god. Yeah, dude. Okay, if you had to choose, would you go to either Star Wars Land or Harry Potter Land? Star Wars Land. 
Star Wars Land. Wow. Yep. Nah, man. I, just to build the lightsaber. That's the only thing there that I'm like, oh, yeah, wow. that'd be cool. <laughs> you walk in, get the saber, walk out. Like. Yeah, dude. Fuck yeah. I'd get my own lightsaber. Holy shit. And it's like all metal. Like it's all like real metal and shit. Like fuck yeah. Oh, that would be pretty badass. Don't ever tell you, because have you ever played with Andre's lightsaber? Our, our high school friend Andre? No, no. I've seen it. I saw a... I went around because we saw Last Jedi together and we went went around to his house on beforehand and he was showing me he just like sometimes like he got high with his girlfriend and would, they would have like lightsaber battles together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jesus even, Christ. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay. And he's like, do you want to have a battle? I'm like, ah, no, thank you. Like, <laughs> Dude, that's uh, so funny. Uh, Nathan, yes. uh, you can find out those stills that we spoke about on uh, our YouTube page. But in the meantime, I have a question. How did... How did they make this making movie magic, yeah? Brenton, how did they make Star Wars? And by the way, there is extensive publications on how they made Star Wars. Like, every fucking story that could have come out of this film has come out of this film. Like. <laughs> so, Nathan, George Lucas was so sure this movie would flop that instead of attending the premiere, he went on vacation to Hawaii with his good friend Steven Spielberg, where they came up with the idea for Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> 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 I love that because yeah he's famously like yeah this is bullshit but he didn't really know it's bullshit because he signed up for all the merchandising rights like he knew there was going to be something out of this movie. totally yeah but I do love like on his like failure holiday he ends up writing like Indiana Jones like totally oh amazing it's it's so good it's so good um I, I love that on set that um so according to Harrison Ford he tells the story that he and Mark Hamill used to like fall around on set and goof off but whenever um Alec Guinness was on set they would um pre- behave more professional of course they did that's that that's bloody great <laughs> i like to think of like elegant as like some stern headmaster that was just like are you boys behaving and they're like yes sir like <laughs> but brenton did you know that when they were filming the original star wars that kenny baker said that when the cast and crew broke for lunch they would forget that he was in the r2d2 outfit and leave him behind in the desert in the desert yes <laughs> so they're all backing up their shit and he's just like squealing in this hot ass like plastic suit that's r2 just like screaming his head off jeez that's yeah. uh that's full on oh jeez. poor, kenny poor guy oh. poor kenny nathan did you know that this is the first movie to make over 300 million dollars at the box office wow yeah people still talk about it being like like everyone saw that movie back then yeah it's 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 absolutely insane i feel like our contemporary is like the avatar movie like, as far as, like, everyone who was alive saw that movie when it was in cinemas. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like, it's pretty... It's pretty... Ins- like, yeah, I, I feel like that was the one. And I guess, like, Endgame today is the other thing. But again, that mm. Endgame didn't have that feeling of, like... Like, I think everyone went and saw it, but it's kind of assumed knowledge at every, at this point that everyone was going to go see that movie. You know, there was no real surprise yeah. to that. You know what I mean? Um, That's very true. So, good on Star Wars. And you know what? Yeah, maybe, you, maybe its sequels will do close to that as well. Who knows? Hey. Hey, maybe... Who dreams, knows? Dreams can I don't. come true, Brenton. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know, Brenton, that um, that uh, when C-3PO was walking through the desert in A New Hope and he sees that like snake skeleton thing in the desert, um, that's right. a real prop that they made. And when they finished wrapping up the movie, they just left it there. And then decades later, when George Lucas came back to film um, Attack of the Clones, they found that the skeleton was still there in 2002. That's insane. And it's <laughs> insane for the reason as well that that skeleton was there and just thinking all that time that lapsed how many like tourists or how many people like may have walked past that in the desert and just been like 
what the fuck was this creature? You know what I mean? <laughs> Whoa. Like, it's like camels are walking past, just like their heads like going, what? <laughs> it's like, I haven't seen one of them before. What? Um, Did you know that according to Mark Hamill, studio executives were unhappy that Chewbacca had no clothes, so they attempted to have the costume redesigned with shorts? That is the stupidest thing I've ever heard, but <laughs> hilarious at the same time. Could you time. imagine? Good just like Chewbacca, like they're in the Millennium Falcon, he's got shorts and maybe holding like a surfball and like a beach volleyball, just like, it's like Calabunga dudes. <laughs> like, let's go to space, bro. <laughs> <laughs> be great Sup, guys he's got uh, like a beach ball under one hand and he's like hey boys let's go let's go on the millennium Leia's falcon like, man uh, i'm going back to the prison like <laughs> uh, have you got any facts oh, on gosh. empire on empire i'd certainly do my oh, friend here we go I, okay okay i just have to say this sentence out loud without any context and i just want you to enjoy it Nathan. okay i'll listen purely and audience as well an yeah. audience listen in Mark Hamill had to bang his head 16 times on the ceiling of Yoda's hut before director Irvin Kirshner was satisfied. <laughs> okay. Mm, what were they mm. doing in Yoda's hut? Because, like, you know. I'm not sure. We but only saw a small amount of the, the training. On the, on the roof. <laughs> <laughs> anything could have happened. <laughs> oh, God. Mark's like, I'll do anything to be a Jedi. <laughs> and Yoda's like, <laughs> <laughs> just think there is a there is a there's like a pornographic parody out there where that happens oh, just geez. imagine like oh god now that's a bloody area of the internet that's probably thriving in there like <laughs> Jedi training the movie oh <laughs> tell you what um so in the asteroid scene which actually we never talked about in spoilers but anyway great scene um one of the asteroids was actually a shoe because the rumor is is that George Lucas asked the visual effects people to redo the scene so many times that they got annoyed so one of the workers threw their shoe into the shot and so <laughs> it just and so it kind of looks a little bit like a rock from the angle that was thrown so like it just stayed in the movie god wow i Could need to imagine? find that shoe because all the superheroes like shoe. beating up thanos and suddenly a fucking shoe flies by just like <laughs> <laughs> Uh. So, so Nathan, um, when Mark Hamill was having trouble with the Dagobah scenes with Yoda, Frank Oz brought in Miss Piggy to make him laugh. Oh, really? What a joy to be on set that day. You know what I mean? Like, oh, amazing. Oh, what a bloody legend. Like, oh, fantastic. Like, could you imagine Miss Piggy in the, <laughs> the Star Wars movies? Just like, she's like, Kylo Ren's like, I'll show oh. you the force. And she's like, hmm. <laughs> it's just like wax him <laughs> I'd like to think there's some takes out there where like Mark Hamill is like doing a scene with Yoda and Miss, Miss Piggy's just there as well like popping up uh, like you know that reminds me of like the Kermit memes where it's like Kermit and like evil Kermit he's <laughs> just like he becomes like a <laughs> Sith Lord like <laughs> totally Kermit is a Sith uh, Lord no one knows that um, Harrison Ford said that when they were shooting, uh, shooting the scene where he gets hit by a toolbox when he's like fixing the engine that that was actually improvised on set where like the crew just wanted to like kick a shoe or kick like a toolbox on top of him like <laughs> that's so funny dude Oh, oh good on him I just like another one's just like quick let's just throw weapons down there let's just like throw as much as we can like <laughs> he's like guys this hurts pull stop dude I got another a couple more facts for you uh, George Lucas initially uh, called this the worst Star Wars movie and apologised for, for its existence but then he changed his mind after he found out that some people believed it was the best Star Wars movie oh wow Good on it's him. I mean, different, <laughs> differing opinions there. You know what I mean, George? You know, like I mean, he's recovering his tracks. Does he think? <laughs> does, did you reckon he did that same like he's that same strategy for the prequels? But then no one ended up pressing it, so he's like, "Ooh, <laughs> I guess I gotta keep saying I don't like it." Like. <laughs> totally. He's like, "Yeah, I apologize again." Seriously, uh, uh, that's so funny. 
Uh, my last fact, because I found this on IMDb and I love this. This is just a sentence that exists on IMDb, so I'm just going to read it to you as is. It says, Of the first six, this is the Star Wars movie with which George Lucas had the least involvement. It is considered by some to be the best movie in the saga. Wow. I mean, like, again, that's a funny sentence in itself, but... Um... Uh, I look at IMDb is deliberately just being like, well, George Lucas, when he doesn't get involved, look at what can happen. Like, <laughs> <laughs> So, Nathan, the, my final fact today... Mm-hmm. And it doesn't involve... There, there was a scene in this film where there's an outtake of Darth Vader entering Hoth and, and, like, tripping over and falling flat on his face. It's not that fact, though. It's a pretty good one. Oh, okay. Nathan, that does exist. Uh, George Lucas was so impressed by Frank Oz's performance as Yoda that he spent thousands of dollars on an advertising campaign to try and get him an Oscar nomination for Best Actor in a Supporting Role. Oh, my goodness. Lucas's campaign ultimately failed because it was felt that a puppeteer wasn't an actor. And Lucas felt that this wasn't fair to Oz who honestly just didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bless. Like, I mean, Yoda's great. He's not that great, though. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Oh, oh it's no. pretty cool. Like, what a great character and whatnot. But I, I'm with you, yeah. Mm. I mean, if Andy Serkis isn't going to get it for, like, Gollum, like, of course Yoda ain't going to bloody have a snatch at it, you know? Totally. Can you, can you imagine, though, just, like, uh, the Academy just being like, George, like, it's a fucking puppet. You know what I, mean? like, <laughs> I, I agree with the sense that it's an amazing performance and it's a it's an art form in itself. But you know, I can see why it's not considered, especially like you said, that Andy Circus still can't get nominated for for Gollum oh, the poor thing. or for Caesar. I guess though, though, like Caesar is kind of like uh, Gollum. Yeah, you can see why that could maybe for Venom too. He'll win Best Director. I think so. I got a feeling. I also think <laughs> that film's going to win Best Screenplay. But anyway, anyway, oh, here we as go. long as there's a lobster scene in that film, I'm 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 good. You know, oh, I'm so excited. He has two lobsters this time. Watch. <laughs> well hey hey let's look at these film posters all right nathan and they are stunning they are glorious they are beautiful they are absolutely remarkable they're look iconic at. look like, at these things works uh, of art they're like i don't know if you haven't seen these posters just like google them like the original posters for star wars and star wars strikes back i mean empire strikes back it's just, it's like, it's watercolored. It's this beautiful mosaic kind of like collage of Vader and his big head. Then everyone underneath him just like posing like, you know, they're on a Vogue cover. Like, it's great. Like, oh, I, I, I literally don't think we can do anything to touch these posters. No, I think they're both perfect. They're both mm. perfect for what they are. And, and, and thank you, whoever were the artists that worked on these because oh. incredible stuff. They just look great. They're amazing. Like, it makes makes me just lament the Disney posters we get for Star Wars these days. They're like the most like horribly photoshopped, just like all the main characters just posing dramatically, you know? like Man, that, that poster for Star Wars Bloody Nine looks fucking shit. I'm not going to lie. Oh, you mean the one with like the one with like Palpatine above them and it's like the lightning coming off them? Like, yeah. Not a fan, Brent. Yep. Horseshit. Horseshit. Not good. Not well, good title talk. Was there Star Wars in Star Wars, Brenton? There was wars. There were wars amongst the stars. Let's just say that. You know what there I mean? Like, were. like the title's pretty great. There's the and, and and Star Wars itself is a great title. But let's talk about the Empire Strikes Back. Does the Empire strike back, Nathan? Well, I think that's the whole opening of the movie is just physically watching them strike back. Like, <laughs> like I don't think it's much of a thesis on the movie <laughs> except for like, oh, maybe it is actually showing how like you know. In this movie, the bad guys won. You know, Han Solo got fucked. So, there you go. I think as well, 
great titles. Just like The Empire Strikes Back, one of the best titles for a movie. It's so punchy, isn't it? For sure, for sure. What a what like The Empire Strikes Back. It's like singular to the point. You know, we, we we're excited, we're into it. And imagine being like in one of the audiences back then and being hearing the next film is called The Empire Strikes Back. You'd just be like, oh, what the fuck's gonna happen in this film? You know what I mean? Are they striking? Like, <laughs> is there what are they striking against? Is it the economy? What is it? Is it lack of food resources? Is it is it is it petrol prices? I don't know. Who knows? I think honestly, they just they just went on strike. The Empire, like they all unionized and they're just like, this is shit pay. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Mark Hamill's like, when are Can they attacking? Imagine? I would. I, hey, I wouldn't be surprised if George Lucas, that was the original screenplay where he was like, hey, this is about the uni- unionization of the Empire. You know what I mean? Oh, Those stormtroopers, they need, they need, they need, they need a uh, life insurance. You know, they <laughs> that's such a prequel thing he would write, isn't it? Like, <laughs> totally, totally. They go to the fucking Senate and Palpatine's there, just like, I need supreme power, and they're like, we have rights, we have rights. <laughs> They were holding posters. They're like, oh, they get Greta Thunberg just to be like, how dare you? Just like, (laughs) (laughs) just in the Senate, geez. Oh, Uh, wonderful. Well, shall we pass that power? Oh, man, it's time to pass the power. Power to the people. Let's pass it to the people, the power. All right, we're on to Mardo's. Everyone bloody laps up. Stars, I tell you what, A New Hope, the critics gave it 93, and the critics gave it 96%. So, oh dear! People Rightio. just loving it left, right, center. You know, Dale Pollock loves it from Santa Cruz Sentinel, and he, uh, they say that this is one film that exceeds its tremendous pre-release ballyhoo. Few movies have ever been so much fun to watch. It's true. I mean, I don't. I think you count on one hand the amount of fun I've had with the movie besides this one. Hey, man, it's it's a pretty fun film. You know mm. what I mean? And what do you uh, reckon's more fun, A New Hope or Wild Wild West? <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, it's a real Sophie's oh, choice, isn't it? Like, <laughs> oh man. I, I, in that case, I am letting uh, I'm letting um, uh, Wild Wild West be taken by the Jews, uh, be taken by the Jews, be taken by the Nazis, <laughs> and then gassed in a chamber. Jeez, all right. Well, Helen Fitzel from the Sydney Morning Herald, she doesn't like Star Wars, Brenton. And oh. she wrote, Oh, the astronomical audiences. Oh, the mundane story. Oh, the over-cute little robots. One that, one thin. Oh, the vapid actors, the galactic shootouts. Oh, the brilliant technology. And oh, the boredom of them all. Thanks, Helen, for that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I Appreciate mean, it. There, there definitely are people exist who just they just won't bite this carrot. You know hey, what I mean? Man. Hey, yeah, there's people that won't. This won't be their thing, and that's totally cool. But I love the description of the overcute little robots. One fat, one thin. I mean, <laughs> who's the thin in that one? Like, I feel like C-3PO wasn't fat or thin. Like, no, I think he's a bit. Well, he might have a bit. He's he's gained a few kilos. Oh, you know what I'm saying? I would pay all the money to see an action figure of obese C-3PO. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine his fucking, like, wires bursting everywhere? Like, oh, it'd be great. Pauline Kale from The New Yorker says, There's no breather in the picture, no lyricism. The only attempt at beauty is in the double sunset. And hey, that double sunset, it's a pretty perfect scene, as I said. Mm. But, Pauline, what are you talking about, man? There's no breather in this picture? Like, I, f- I feel like there is a breather. There's there's breathing points and uh, no lyricism. I mean, like, I guess this is all determined by one point, one's point of view. But, you know, I think there is, an, like, an epic quality. Like, I think there is a lyricism to this that... I get, I get how, like... It moves so quickly, like back in the seventies, it would have felt like you can't breathe, you know. But I think like today totally. we're very used to 
you know, the fast-paced films, you know? Oh, my God, yeah. Like, the last, what, 20 minutes of Endgame? Jesus Christ. It was just like, fuck, fuck, fuck. I imagine fuck, going from, yeah. like, Taxi Driver to this and be like, way! But today, like... Yeah. If anything, there are some points that feel slow in A New Hope. Totally. Tyler Kay gave it five stars and wrote, a classic film essential for all ages to enjoy. Yeah, man. It's a classic fantasy family adventure film, man. It's perfect it's for that. Yeah. For sure. Uh, and Steve L says, uh, Star Wars uh, Episode Four. Wrong, mate, but uh, it's Star Wars. Uh, changed my life. This is the most influential movie I've ever seen in my life. I mean, it, it is like of those unique franchises that really inspire devotion, you know, like your Star Wars and your Marvel and your Potters and all that. Like, you yeah. know, I can I can see how people literally obsess over this this universe. You know, I kind of like it when the fanboys, you know, you see footage of them just going nuts over this shit. Like, you know what I mean? I do too. I do too. I do too. Hey, there's something heartwarming about it. <laughs> and you're glad they're at a distance. Like. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's it. Uh, and John D gave it a half star, Brenton, and he wrote, Boring movie. I never thought that Solo returned to help Luke, nor Vader as a villain of some kind. Then it was passable, but today it is far beneath the prequel trilogy, which is actually a built universe and created interesting conflict. Without prequel trilogy, this movie falls flat. Fuck off, Johnny D. This movie is better <laughs> than the prequels. Like, get over yourself, mate. Like, uh, better than this is way better than fucking Revenge of the Sith. Let me tell you, good oh, lord. I mean, we'll get there when we get there. We talk about Phantom, but like, I can see why there are people who would choose elements of the prequels over these movies. Sure, but the key word there, Nathan, is element as opposed to the full film. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, you're not wrong, are you? So Alice in Mad Season says their electric bill must be enormous, which is very true. Oh, like geez. that Death Star must chew through power like there's no tomorrow. Like, do you reckon there's ever like? <laughs> Do you ever think there's ever, like, power outings on the Death Star? You know what I'm saying? Well, I don't know. Maybe it's, like, solar panels and says, like, hangs around near stars. But, like, I do like to think there's, like, one accountant just sitting in the building, just, like, with, like, like papers long of just bills. He's like, oh, geez. And he's like, I don't know how we're going to pay all this. So, like, he's just looking at the power bill. He's like, we're, we're billions. Like, and then Palpatine's all like, with unlimited power. Power. You know, it's just Palpatine like charging the like the power cells. Like <laughs> with his little lightning. He's, he stops by like every month or so, and he's just like, "All right, boys, give me a few minutes here. Just let me." <laughs> Unlimited power. Oh, I can so see that. Jeez. And they're all like, "Thanks, Ian. Thanks, buddy." Yeah. Uh, well, what did they say about Star Wars: Empire Strikes Back, Mr. Brenton? Well, Nathan, uh, on the tomato meter, it holds a uh, percentage of 95% from the critics and 97 from the audiences. So it's a bit higher than the, the original. Mm. Uh, and I'd have to agree with that, especially with uh, Michael Wilmington when he says uh, the younger actors are now more confident. And like, hey, I can agree with that. Like the performances grow, the characters grow. And, and it's because these actors, like, again, are probably more confident and are more at home with their characters in this film and they're coming back to do it again. Yeah, we, we've said all that Michael has said before. So well done, mate. Eric Shorter from the Daily Telegraph. He didn't like it, Brenton. He didn't like Empire, and he no. wrote, It is hard to place one's affections anywhere in a world which is ruled by buttons and dials, computers and bleeps, and people whose conversation is technical, inaudible, or dull. Hey, Eric, it's hard to place my affections with you in this review, <laughs> because like... Man, the smack talk. It's like we're sitting in like some school courtyard. He's like, take that, Eric. <laughs> take that, Eric. Your buttons and dials, too. Do you ever think, though, that the technical language of the movie bogs it down? No, because I, I don't know. I It's... It, I, I don't think it does because I don't think it's ever like taken uh, I think it's lived in sure but I don't think mm. it's ever like the point of the scenes you know what I mean no. the point of the scenes is still human emotion and drama so, you don't need you know, to know that good. the planet's called Dagobah and you don't need to know what totally. the star systems are totally. like. yeah 100% Chris D gave it half a star Brenton 
and wrote, Rebels have good X-Wings and Y-Wings, and yet when attacking 8080s, they use weak speeders. Middle act was awful and lameness, and that the only two characters in the entire galaxy have lightsabers. Hey man, I'm glad that there's not more Jedis and Sith running around with more lightsabers. I like that mm. it's kind of a confined thing. And uh, I get your point about the X-Wings and the Y-Wings. Man, they should have just brought Y-Wings in and just bombed the shit out of those AT-ATs. You know what I'm saying? But you know, you can't. And also, I like the choreography. It'd feel weird if they felt too OP in the battle. You know, totally. It's a very balanced totally. battle. Like I'm glad they don't, because we get that sweet battle of Hothman, and that's a good time. Hacksign KT says, I can't imagine how epic this must have been on the big screen in 1980. And can you imagine going to the cinema and have seen oh. Empire and just like for the first time with like no idea what the film's really about, you know, you're seeing it for the first time and just seeing this film, like it just would have been an amazing experience. Oh, it would have been incredible. Like, I mean, I've only, the only Star Wars movies I've seen in the cinemas are the Disney ones. So it'd be fantastic to see these, you know, on a huge screen. I think it'd be yeah, man. One of my dreams is to actually see uh, a few of the original trilogy or all of the films, hopefully on on the big screen. Because uh, I've never, se- I've only ever seen them on uh, on television and on, and on monitors and whatnot. Like, <laughs> it's like I've only seen them on my iPod, you know. So I bet they're better. Like, <laughs> oh, I bet, I I bet it's incredible to watch these films in in cinema. Like, it would just be oh, awesome. It'd be incredible. The sound is special. Can't wait. Commodore Shipmalip on YouTube wrote, Every time I look at Darth Vader, I think, Wow, he used to be friends with Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> do you do that thing? I guess we'll talk more about it next week with Phantom. But do you think the prequels really bog down how you see the originals? Yes, in a way. And I'll say mm. why. I can say... I should say why in this episode, too. I think, I think the prequels bog down the original trilogy because... It forgets, George forgot that the biggest twist in the series is when Vader reveals to Luke that he is his father. But if Mm. you watch the prequels and the episodes that they're numbered, you know exactly who Vader is from the start. So there's no tension. Yeah, you're like, oh, Anakin, what are you doing here? (laughs) There's no no tension. There's no build-up. So the films really should be watched 4, 5, and 6, and then 1, 2, 3. So you get that tension of, why the fuck is Vader chasing Luke? And why is this so important to him? And then you get that bombshell of Luke, I am your father, which is just an astounding moment in cinema that George himself undermined with his own fucking prequels and calling them one, two, three. You know what I mean? Like oh. I feel like I feel like the biggest problem with Revenge of the Sith is that is that it should have ended in a way that it was ambiguous as to who Vader really was. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. So yeah, that that's right. But I guess you follow Anakin the whole time, so it would be kind of weird if it wasn't Anakin by that point. Maybe like- hey man, maybe they should have kept I'm, I'm just saying, I'm just throwing ideas out I'm just some guy, but maybe they should have kept Maul alive or something as a as an opponent throughout the whole. <laughs> you see, prequel. you see, like Jar Jar put on the mask at one point. You're like, ooh, yeah, <laughs> this, it could have been anyone. Like it could have been Maul or something. Like Maul was kind of dismembered or something, and you're like, hey, is that the rebuilt Darth Maul or something? Mm. And then it's revealed that it's fucking Anakin, and it's like, holy fuck, you know what I mean? Like, so you still get those people that watch it one, two, three, four, five, six that they go, holy shit, it's Anakin, you know? And and then you care even more about the character. It just would have been a great moment. But uh, hey, man. What do I know? I'm, oh. just, I'm just throwing ideas out left No, right I love center. it, mate. I love it because the last comment was from Nintendo64 and he wrote, what happened to Star Wars? What did happen? What did happen? Well, I guess that's a question we'll have to answer next week, Brenton. Hey! hey! What an when episode. We take on Four and five. When we take on episode 81, man. Uh, oh, sorry, 82 because this is 81. Yes. Uh, <laughs> man, what an episode. What, what a, a time, time it's been, Nathan. Brenton, we finally talked about Star Wars. Do you, do you feel Star Wars doubt yet? Oh, boy. I think after next week, I definitely will be. I yeah. definitely will be. Can't wait. Can't wait. Oh. Well, yeah, man. Well, uh, I can't wait to get started next week. I've enjoyed this episode immensely. But guys, I really want to know what your thoughts on Star Wars are. Yeah. Star Wars and Empire. You Have know? you seen the Star Wars? Have you seen the Star War? 
<laughs> guys, tell us if you've seen the Star War on our uh, Twitter pages, uh, via our ins- uh, sorry, I want to say Instagram. No, our YouTube comment section. Like you know, comment at us on there. Email us if you, if you like. Please do. We want to hear what Send you guys think Send us a little blue hologram and, you know, give us a little video recording. Uh, yeah. It, I mean, that would be amazing if you'd do that. Uh, we'd really appreciate the, the holograms, uh, all the lightsabers sent to us, the thermal detonators. We'd love it. Uh, even if you send us a tauntaun, we'd, 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 we'd ride it with gl- with joy. But, Nathan, that's our Star Wars uh, double bill, and we can't wait for next week when... Uh, oh, oh, Nathan, I seem to be re- receiving a transmission here. Shh, shh. Help me, classic movie banter. You're my only hope. No, we're not. No, seriously, this podcast is not your only hope. (laughs) Hey, I try. I really try hard.